This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jarrett Duncan. I'm Jay Banlock. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're going down the river, dying, coming back as rabbits or something. As we watch Spine 276 mm-hmm. in the Criterion Collection, Jean Renoir's The River from 1951. But first, RJ. Mm-hmm. I got to do it today. What's that, bud? What'd to, you get to do? I, I got I, I got to go on my Taco Time walk. Ooh, damn. Okay, so what's the scoop? Is the pump back in, or is that just no pump? That's gone no, the pump, pump pump's gone. Pump's out of commission. I don't know. I don't so, know if it, I don't. Who knows if it's ever coming back? But and I, it's not coming back anytime soon. I've adapted. I've gotten used to it. I deal mm-hmm. with the like the dinky little plastic ounce cups that you have to like mm-hmm. now handle. Potentially um, um, exposing yes. yourself to more things. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess the pump's probably worse overall. The, For the, how many people are the, using that thing? Well, I mean, anytime I've gone in there in the last little bit, I am the only person. So mm-hmm. maybe it could just be like my pump. For old time, I'm, old time sakes. Old old uh, Jarrett Rumpy Pumpy, isn't mm-hmm. that what uh, mm-hmm. your nickname was at one uh, point? Yeah. I mean, you would you would drain that pump on one go by yourself, so it'd be worth loading it's like, it's, it up just for you. It's, the, it's like the town pump. Yeah, isn't that what they called you in high school? The town pump. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody gets a ride. Like the town bike. Everyone gets a shot. Everyone gets a shot. Hmm. So, how many how many of the sauces do they give you? Just like one or two? I think. Well, upon it's just like with the uh, the weirdo sauces the. The mild sauce and the Diablo sauce. Um, I'm sure they got some set aside. In fact, like one, they had a newer employee sometime in the last year who really wanted to push the Diablo sauce on me. They're like, oh, do you want it? Do you want to try it? I was like, I'm not, no, I mean, I'm good. But then they put it in there. So yeah, I put one in there. You should try it. It's like the green one. It's like, all right. It's, uh, I don't know. It's all hot and no flavor. It's all flash, no substance. Is that what you're saying, telling me? It's all. I mean, it burns, but there's no. Um, Where does it burn? Going in or coming out? Uh, definitely going in. Going in. Okay. So wait, I didn't. I wasn't aware that Taco Time has this new Diablo sauce. I thought it was just they just had their sauce. They just had hot sauce. <clears throat> yeah, they've got their. Like, that's the, it. Yeah, they have the red stock sauce, and they've got like the two others. The variants, mm. but the variants, RJ. The variants. They're in taco. It's, it's, it's in taco time. D dot one dot one dot seven. Uh, hot hot sauce taco time Diablo. Mm-hmm. That variant. That's right. Mm-hmm. So how much? Like how much extra did you ask for when they was so when they brought it out to you and you're like I'm gonna need a little bit more hot sauce than that. You guys, I'm well, gonna need some more. Well, I'm a five sauce boy. Yeah. That's, so that, that's did a, they in, oblige you? Yes, they oblige me. But I mm-hmm. do know that. Uh, when at the store and someone mm-hmm. gets sent for food, that's when we can run into some difficulties because there is like, you know, say three or four of us and we're all mm-hmm. taco time boys and we're all wanting our sauce. And we can, like, mm-hmm. I put down probably the most at five, but I'd say a, a person could go between two to four. And, uh, sometimes you look at that bag for four people and you're like, Oh, mm-hmm. there's uh, eight sauces here. Yeah, that's not that's not enough sauce, Jared. Because I'm even, I'm, even I'm upon a... request, even though I look look these people in the eyes, mm-hmm. we're picking up the order, say make sure 
you see those 12 Lee sauces go in the bag. Mm-hmm. You say, I'm going to need a separate bag that is entirely mm-hmm. filled with sauce. That's I, how much sauce hey, I'm I, I once saw a, like, you know, probably 60-year-old man walk up to that counter, and he just ordered a giant, like, fountain pop filled with hot sauce. And he paid, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, eight bucks or something for it. That's it? Eight bucks? Well, you could do that, too, maybe. I could. Yeah. I could. But, I mean, I'm, I'm not an animal. Well, you are. You're just not there yet. You you haven't demeaned yourself. <laughs> well, enough yet. I feel like I'm like an animal in like the way like in the wind in the willows, where it's like a man, like a little mole man wearing like a little suit, a little pair of glasses. So you're I, trying to dress it up, but we all yeah. know you're still. Well, I'm just like yeah. Still a mole. I'm, I'm just uh, at the end of the day. I'm just uh, 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 a <laughs> snarling away, eating my young. <laughs> uh, excuse me. With the hot sauce, I'm, I imagine, right? That's well, how you're. That's the only way to make them edible. Oh, right. that's how Saturn that, did it too, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, what that. I that's what you. that's what that that red stuff all is. Everyone says, "Oh, it's mm. gore." It's like, nah, man. It's right, that, that's that's taco some, time hot sauce and bean and chili sauce. Ooh. So wait. So you know, last week we were talking about condiments, and then uh, so this this week, mm. um, uh, we I, we got some Arby's fries on the weekend. I was like, I want some curly fries. Just I was fries. Like, treat myself. Yeah, I just I, I got a big big order of fries. You, you didn't like I, opt for a sandwich or your well, mo- your matzo sticks. Uh, I have matzo sticks at home now, so I bought the Costco pack, and there's like fifty matzo sticks Is in it, there. So. Are, they, are they Arby's matzo sticks or are they like, you know, whatever brand? They're they're Costco brand, but uh, I was Kirk, actually Kirkland. No, it's something like um, it's something like Zazzy. It's uh, like poppers, <laughs> matzo uh, sticks. Okay. But uh, I I did want to I did want to just get the Arby's ones out of convenience because then I wouldn't have to make them myself. But I, I knew if I had brought home matzo sticks, Andrea would have yelled at me because she's like, "We have like a deep freeze full of matzo sticks." And I, I'd been like, "Yeah, I know." It's like, but this is I didn't have to cook to this. Well, you're supposed to say like the Homer Simpson, but I want it now. But I want it now. That was pretty much what I did. Hmm. Uh, but so like yeah, so we got a big pile of fries and stuff, and uh, so. <laughs> When I drove through, the la- the lady was like, "Do you want some sauce?" And I I said I said this to her chair. I said, "Can you load it up?" I was like, "You give me a whole lot of sauce." I was like, "If you can, please." I I, I was very courteous. I was okay. Like, Could you load it up a lot of sauce, please? Okay. And then how many sauces do you think I got? Uh, three. Exactly three. That was it. <laughs> See. Well, I wait. I should prep. Wait. I should. I should. I should say. It was three Arby sauces yeah. and three horsey sauces. Oh fuck! But I I don't I don't load roll the horsey sauce. Anyways, See, this is why load me up is uh, it's a little too subjective, and I'm sure that they get a directive from their uh, their tyrannical managers. It's like three. That's it. Three, three at most, and the hand weight. There's a lot of like gesticulation and like you know no more, no more. Yeah. Unless they unless they give you a number. Yeah, and I'd say say give me eight sauces. You give them three. But I bet you if you walked in and you complained because mm-hmm. you see so you caught them in the act, and it was still convenient for you to like go back and give them mm-hmm. a piece of your mind. Uh, the same, the manager who's given this very order would be like very apologetic on behalf of that staff member and make sure I'll let, yeah. I'll, I'll talk to her. I'll talk Don't worry. to her. I'll make then, sure that piece of shit doesn't do this ever again because uh, she's not working here anymore. She's out on the street. <laughs> Yeah, you're like I don't care if she's a single mom of six. I've had it with her. She's not giving anyone the right sauce. Mm-hmm. I'm done. That's right. That was, 
Well, she was actually she was she was a nice lady, so I don't hold it against her. I I did think it was also part of the the company initiative. She's nice, she, but she's not generous. She's not generous. That's that's true. That's true. But uh, yeah, I was a little taken aback. Do you want any sauce? Yeah, load it up, man. As much as you can, please. <sighs> that's a it's a real I, I, mistake you made there. But I also I thought like the second part where I was like as much as you can please I was like I thought I thought she would at least give me like five or six no nah. but just three yeah maybe because they maybe because she's getting like fries and I was by myself they thought I would only need three but like I needed more than three I needed more Jared so that's tough that's tough man I feel so you... I feel I feel for you. So have you been dining out the whole last week, every night, just uh, going to different restaurants, you know, reopening, even though no. our zone is spiking, you're not out there? Well, we're not spiking as much as uh, we've plateaued in just general. Just compared to the rest. But, but then, like, in fact, our numbers are just like, like whatever, a dozen shy of mm-hmm. our peak two months ago. <laughs> so yep. it's like, oh, how's that work? And you go, Creepsville. It's all these people going, hey, if you ever want to find out where people, where all the anti-maskers are, just go to Five Guys, the burger place. Oh, yeah. You'll see them all. You see, I was there like last week picking up burgers and they're just, they're just dudes just like, like no one wears masks. And it's just like, I know you don't want to. It's like, but it's a bylaw. You kind of have to. Or is it not a bylaw? Oh, it's a, it's, I mean. Yeah, it's, it's a bylaw. A provincial. A provincial law. Mandate? Yeah, like that is act- I mean they that's one of the things they did change. Yeah. I mean, but what is a law if there's no one to enforce it? Well, I mean, and I I feel bad for like the 15-year-old kids that work at like burger joints. Oh and, yeah. It it's bullshit. And like grocery stores, it's like that's that's so unfair to put that on them. It's like yeah. they, they can't have to they shouldn't have to be the ones to address the, uh, this. Well, you know, the uh the, the politicians hide behind, well, we don't want to mm. infer, you know, uh, stop anyone's freedoms from happening <laughs> to spread disease and illness. Why not? Um, but we will like make it so that you know minors working in these minimum wage jobs have to mm-hmm. get accosted by psychopaths. That's mm-hmm. f- that's fun. Hey, did you see we made a global uh, or national news again because of that lady in Creepsville who was yelling at uh, at the the fifteen or seventeen-year-old cashier girl? Yeah, at the grocery store. Yeah, I, I yeah. yeah, it's good. Yeah, well, I'm surprised that lady was shopping there, anyways, because it's not the it's not the best grocery store. Because I or not in that term, I used to live there, but uh, it's a good little neighborhood store, but it's not a the prices are a little bit high. Like I remember a, like a jug of milk was like six or $7. And I was like, Holy fuck. That's a lot of money for milk. A little high up there, man. How much do you pay for milk? I don't, I don't drink milk. Zero? RJ. Yeah. Well, you don't I, even I, I, use milk for like baking or like coffee or cereal or anything. Well, like that? if, if it demands it, if, if a recipe demands yeah. it, that's when, uh, it's got, but okay. other than that, no, Hmm. <laughs> No, we got know. lots of recipes that need milk. Yeah, it comes up. Yeah, especially yeah, especially in like baking and stuff like that. I also just slam milk though, or because I don't know. When I was younger, like in high school, and uh, I didn't want to drink water just because I was weird, so I just drink milk, and I was like, "Oh, I'm so thirsty." I was just dehydrated, so I just drink like no. like liters upon liters of milk right out of the bag, right out of the right, bag. right out of the bag. Just pop a straw in it and say, "Let's roll." Mm-hmm. Uh huh. 
beautiful. So any, what else is going on with you? Nothing? That's it? It's reading week. Yes, it is. And uh, yes, it is. Did you get any reading done? No. No. Um, unless you count painting miniatures as reading. Did you have to read print? No. Oh. I mean, yes. Well, I, I, sometimes I have to read what the the paint pot says. That counts. Okay. That counts. I read the bat. I bought a big thing of like frogs, like the candy, and I read the uh, the um, nutrition on the back, so that counts. Oh, that didn't take long then. Uh, it's just sugar. Okay. And I think I think there's corn uh, syrup in there as well, and that's <laughs> it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Two different things. Sugar, yeah, sugar and corn syrup. And corn syrup. Uh, no, frogs are a, a mix of the two. Oh, I know. Yeah, and glucose, fructose, and, uh, and sucrose. Some 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 um some dye, some food coloring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there's a little bit in there. Yeah. So I've been putting down frogs pretty heavy the last couple of days. Mm. How about those bellies? You like those frog bellies? Yeah. Do you uh do you split them up to eat like like the when you pop the, it the, in? Like the green clear and the then they yeah. have like the 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 soft belly the meats. foamy belly yeah. yeah when you pop it in you gotta you gotta plan your bite strategically because if you're you, smart you can bite it right in half. Well, do you feel like Saturn chomping down into his sun? Uh, I mean, if de- that's as what you, they as you devour like. that frog. Yeah. I mean, if that's what they tasted like, I wouldn't have uh, blamed them. Frogs are good. They're, and they're easy to eat. You just how how do you feel about blue whales? Uh, I'm I'm pro blue whale. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think all of those like penny candies. Uh, I don't know if there's any that I don't like. Maybe the cinnamon lips because it's like, like you know the red lips that are just like cinnamon flavored is like eh, I don't need that. Blue whales I'm pretty good with. Coke bottles. Do you remember so delicious? That was a good candy. They, do you remember those? Yeah. They were like the sugared like pop bottles, and then they had the little root beer mugs. Fuck, those are good. Oh, they don't make was... them anymore. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, I could I could see why. Betty Crocker, Betty Crocker made so delicious. Yep. Fuck, those are good, man. I, I I miss those. Betty Crocker General Mills. What was your favorite penny candy? I bet it was the eggs. Oh, I could I could eat some sour soothers. Sour soothers. <laughs> You know, you ever have that situation where someone's like, "Here, have a sour key," and you're like, "A key? You're oh. like, you mean sour soothers?" Because some people call them keys. Yeah, I... but they're not. They're not. But some people call them that. <sighs> yeah. You know, a lot people do a lot of things. You know. You know what some people do? What they write emails. Oof! I, I've stayed away from that. Never written an email in my life. Good. It's not going to start now. You should stay on that path. Yeah, that's my plan. You write one soon enough. Oh, you have you have twenty coming your way. Soon enough, the internet's going to call you Sam too, and just like mm-hmm. demoralize you mm-hmm. and things like that. No. Okay. Yeah. So females or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, we do uh, have females. We no. Oh, of course not. Oh, okay. Not on this podcast? No. Mm-hmm. Oliver Granger with uh, an email entitled Peggy Hate. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, dear. All right. It's astounding how much this podcast aligns with my interests. Mm. Star Trek talk, 
video game talk, no longer <laughs> watching movies talk, and now yeah. King of the Hill. So I have one burning question. Where do you stand on Peggy? Personally, I love her, and I am dismayed by the majority of the fan base hating her. Mm-hmm. Most of the hate is based on her character flaws, how she is super arrogant. But the same people don't hate Hank for being a pretty shitty father, mm-hmm. Cotton for being a complete asshole, mm-hmm. Boomhauer for being a womanizer, Dale mm-hmm. for being a right-wing conspiracy nut job, etc. You mm-hmm. see what I'm getting at? That's right. Sexism. <laughs> is that what it is? Uh, I'm pro Peggy. Uh, she is like we, we, we didn't mention this on the show. I think like two... were we talking off air when we were talking about characters? Maybe like that was a mistake. Maybe I can't remember. That was a mistake. That could have been valuable air Content. time. I don't know. Yeah, from my mind, I thought we might have talked about it on this. I thought we did on, too. Maybe on this thing that we do. What what, what is it? Uh, I don't know. A content creator. Oh yeah. We have, we're only we're all about content here, folks. Content create creation. Uh, no, yeah, I'm I'm pro I'm pro Peggy. I I think the episodes where she's annoying, she's like very annoying. Like this, any of the substitute teacher ones, you're just like, holy fuck, I don't want to have Peggy in here. But then there's other episodes where I think they utilize that part of Peggy so well, and it's just like, ooh, you're like Peggy's pretty great. Peggy's pretty real great so pro pay i'm pro peggy okay. just depending on the context you know yeah i mean i uh i don't hate i don't know i don't really hate any character on the show like that's strange yeah. but i can imagine like all internet fan bases uh there's mm-hmm. going to be the toxic ones mm-hmm. and they're going to be the ones that uh i think really hone in on uh Female characters often. I mean, it's kind of like, mm. I mean, it is kind of like the Breaking Bad thing too. But mm-hmm. sometimes I would say that it's probably also the writer's fault. There was something I remember, yep. someone mess- mentioned this on like a a comment page somewhere that like Mike Judge had, had, Mike Judge had to rein in the writers on making Peggy too much of a punching bag for jokes and mm. making it like, making her like too unlikable and you're like that makes hmm. sense yeah because like there is times because the one thing like with between hank cotton boomhauer and dale i don't mm-hmm. know if a lot of them have the highest sense of themselves like their arrogance is like like hank's delusional like that's mm-hmm. the thing like they're all kind of delusional uh, ultimately except for probably boomhauer uh well i mean Yes, uh, I'd say Boomhauer. Boomhauer is kind of aware of it, like because it's like th- there's that episode where Bobby's like, "Can you show me how to get women?" And he's like, "Yeah, man, let's go." And then it's just him talking to women, like every single like women or woman he sees, and Bobby's like, "That's it." Mm-hmm. He's like, "You just talk until someone agrees." He's like, "Yeah, man." Yeah. He's like, "That's what I do." Yeah, well, that's <laughs> what I mean. But yeah, but I guess like everyone was like, because Hank's delusion is about propane. <laughs> And and it's yeah. and its importance, I guess, to a mm-hmm. fault that, but which is which is which is where the comedy comes from. And also, I think so much of uh, what people love about Hank Hill is Mike Judge's reading of lines and his voice, because mm-hmm. because there's this things that like I'm like you know, sometimes I'm like three quarter watching the shows 
as I'm watching them, and I'm like mm-hmm. my attention's like you know on my miniatures. In so yeah, but I'm listening. I'm listening to all the episodes, and then like I've seen, especially with the ones I've seen before. But mm-hmm. like yeah, there's these times where like his voice just changes, or like it's <laughs> like he's really breaking the Hank character uh, by the things that he that Hank wouldn't say, but because it's Mike Judge saying it, it's just fantastic. Or when he's mm-hmm. like super Hank when he's doing. What I imagine is his dad's voice, or when he's oh making, yeah, when he, that's got to be like a dad voice. Like he's doing his dad character that he's been doing for ages, and like it just starts writing itself. I think that's what people find appealing. Um, and yeah, it's like there wouldn't be a lot of drama on these shows if everybody was perfect. <laughs> um, and that's kind of oh, where yeah. like the the Peggy's hubris, her uh, flaw is that she thinks of herself as perfect, mm-hmm. um, and it's like. It's, it's herself that is that whereas like i mean cotton's delusional <laughs> and like an asshole yeah for sure mm-hmm. uh boomhauer is sort of probably the most slight character and, uh which and yeah i don't know if i mentioned this uh when i watch these on dvd i, I just sometimes throw on the the subtitles for the uh yeah. the screen capable quality and mm-hmm. sc- subtitles completely kill the boomhauer character joke yeah i i think i i've done that before too where it's like when you can actually see what boomhauer's saying you're like hmm like that changes things a little bit yeah it's it, it, yeah it, it, i mean you can always kind of understand what he's saying mm-hmm. um if, but there's times where it's like nonsense words but you pick out the meaning of it and then the, the joke is that hank can comprehend dale can comprehend um they, they understand exactly what he's saying but no one else can. And so sometimes he'll you know, say, oh, no, we, here's the dead animal. It's right over here. We killed it. And they're like, oh, right, we'll mm-hmm. move along. Like that kind of, that joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes, uh, Dale is definitely the, uh, before QAnon. There's, before. There's, uh, there, Dale, I mean, but that was like a, a trope. That I'll when talk. it was still harmless. Yeah. Harmless. Until it. Until it harmless. Until it wasn't. <laughs> well, yeah. It, it, it sometimes led to all sorts of things. Uh, I mean, well, did no, Dale no. ever hurt anyone? Did Dale? Yeah. In in, oh, in the show? Yeah. I don't th- think so. I mean, I'm trying to think he, of what okay. his actions are. Well, I guess he has was, some bad situations. When we had his job, when he when uh he has his desk job for uh, the one episode, and he oh. was really good at firing people. Firing people. But I mean, they, those people were going to get fired no matter what. So. Well, some people use that same logic for other things too, right? They're like, well, you're going to die eventually. Mm-hmm. Right? Eventually. Right. No, I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think they're, I like all of them. There, there's some Peggy episodes where it's, she's a bit much and you're just like, Ugh. but uh, when, when they use her right, I think she's pretty good. Yeah. She's pretty good. How about Luann? Uh, I, I'd say Luann is in the same boat. Like, Luann is, can sometimes be a little bit much, but uh, when they use her in the right, it's it, once they paired her up with um, Lucky, I think that that actually had a lot of good stuff because they they fed off of each other very well. Oh, you know, yeah. I haven't gotten to those yet. To the Lucky area, yeah. uh, L- Lucky's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I forgot about Lucky. Yeah, yeah, well, Lucky uh, and and uh, Brit- Luann, Brittany Murphy, RIPs. Yeah. There's a whole lot of them, Jared. Yeah, that was the one thing. There was talk about a bringing back King of the Hill, but it would have, there would be a time jump 
And that's when it was like, oh, mm. yeah, there's there's no more Brittany Murphy. Uh, yeah, no more her, no more Lucky. And I mean, I don't know. I'm always of two minds of that because my instinct says don't bring things back. Dead is better. But then, but then oh, there's always dear. Twin Peaks. That's a choice true. of words. Dead is better. Yeah, that's a Stephen King thing, my friend. Mm. Hmm? That's a pet cemetery thing. Indeed. In case you didn't know. Yeah. But anyways, I don't know. But then there's always the there's always a chance you can get a Twin Peaks. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is anymore. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Next up, mm-hmm. Reese Sugarhead. The big sugar. All right. Fishing in the river. Oof. Hey, Jared and RJ. First off, allow me to apologize for my absence at Jared's Super Bowl party. I completely yeah. forgot to bake a loaf of bread for the kiddie pool full of dip, and I couldn't mm-hmm. show up to the party breadless. Next year, I'll be there with bushels of bread. In any case, Ooh. hope you boys like the football and whatnot. Recently, I watched Fishing with John, and I thought it was awesome. I'm not Ooh. much of a fisherman myself. Are either of you big fish boys? If so, what are you using for bait these days? I think this is a cool mm. question fish people ask one another, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, RJ, do you, do you like fishing? I did fishing a couple times as a little kid, okay. but uh, never as an adult, so uh, I enjoy eating fish sometimes. Yeah, I'm a big salmon boy, if that's a... Uh, that counts for anything sam how do you feel about tuna uh yeah i dabble with some tuna trout here and there how about trout uh i've had trout i don't know if trout's good or not but i've had trout um, uh how, do you like in white, terms of white fish to to make some like, uh loot fisk Lutefisk? Uh, did you just watch the Ludafisk episode of King of the Hill? Is that I, I, I did i did watch that recently i mean there's also the episode where uh uh-huh. the, the boys go fishing and uh, uh, oh yeah, Hank's using yep. uh, some uh, crack rocks to uh, catch fish. Oh, unknowingly. So, so that's that's the bait you would say is yeah, crack. I think so. I, I saw I, I saw it in a cartoon once. That means it's real. There was also that uh, uh, episode of The Simpsons where Homer goes fishing and uh, he winds up catching what is a General Sherman. Did you, did you remember that episode, what? RJ, of General Sherman? Sorry, I I couldn't hear you at all. What about General Sherman? When Homer caught General Sherman in that episode of The Simpsons. Oh, big catfish, right? Yeah. I think. Yeah. Was he a catfish? Something like yeah. that. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. Did you know catfish are indicator species? Um, indicators of what? oxygen if uh if you have catfish usually your water levels have a low oxygen ah like dissolved oxygen yeah. uh, well i and mean that, indi- i mean you seemed like you you know a lot about uh fish rj i mean well, me, i mean this me idea you. that you've only gone since you were a kid did you retain this oh i retain everything jared that's why i'm so petty i remember everything that's ever happened to me all transgressions um, all transgressions uh and like since you brought up trout they're an indicator species of high oxygen jared mm. high oxygen uh yeah so i all all discretions um speaking of white fish did i ever tell you that 
that time that uh, me and the football team went to all-you-could-eat fish and chips before a game. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad, man. So, like, we went to it was all you can eat, and we all, like, I don't know. We were fat pieces of shit. Was, was, so we was, ate that was, was, was this at Joey's Only? It was at Joey's Only. It yeah. was. Yeah, just on, like, just a, 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 a free plug, everyone. Yeah, yeah, for a restaurant that, like, probably won't exist in the, in the near future. Exactly. Maybe we'll see. Well, maybe, yeah. maybe this little uh, name check will uh, turn that ship around. Yeah, go, go to Joey's Only if you uh, – before a football game a event. yeah before yeah we me and the other uh linemen we were just like violently throwing up the entire game <laughs> mm-hmm. uh it was horrible no. and uh, to make it worse we lost like 10 to 7 or something like that and we're pretty sure it's because we ate all that fish and we weren't uh weren't in tip-top shape you know so we could have won i gotta say Reese oh. continues. I was pretty excited uh-huh. when you guys said you're doing a rare Bruce Springsteen album review this week instead of a typical movie. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the 1980 classic The River by the boss himself. Have a good one, mm. fellas. <laughs> Sincerely, Sugarhead. That's nice to hear from Big Sugar. See, yeah. I was going the other way. I thought it was that Robert Downey Jr. cover of The River. You know that one? Um... Nope. Uh, yeah. Do you like Bruce Springsteen, RJ? I like the boss. What's uh, what's that one album he has? Um, Nebraska. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That is I think actually. That's what it's called. Yep. Yeah, that's a good album. People, I think people didn't like it as much because it was like had a little more twang to it, and people are like, "Oh, this isn't the boss." But uh, yeah, that Nebraska is pretty good. I like well, Nebraska. What about you? Do you like uh, Stephen Van Zandt? From the, the the E Street Band, aka Ooh, Silvio. Silvio, Silvio. Yeah, I, I like I like me some Silvio. Is he? Uh, he was in the E Street Band. Yeah, I didn't know that. What what role did he play? Uh, guitar, Saxophone? mandolin. Mandolin. Ooh, baby. Yeah, I would like to see Silvio play mandolin. Why? Why, why didn't they ever bring that into the show? I think there is some. There's mentions of like, like Bruce, Bruce. Yeah, there's, there's like little throwaways. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch that show with uh, with him after Sopranos? Was it called like uh, where he's basically playing Silvio in Witness Protection? Have you ever seen that? What is that show called? No. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Man, okay, I'll. I'll I, I, well, I'm on. I'm on his. Uh, was it Lilyhammer? Yeah, Lilyhammer. Yeah. No. Where he's he's playing basically Silvio, but he moves to like Norway or something. Ah, yes, I, I'm, I'm, protection. I'm, I'm seeing that. <laughs> Norway, are, are huh? You, are you gonna give it a watch? No. Where, where where does it take place? Norway. Oh, is that what I said too? Yeah. Damn, killing it. You got the. You I've got never the... actually seen the show. Yeah, it just looks good. Hmm. Or I think it looks good at least. I don't know. Justin Peterson. Oh baby. Creeping on some sports talk. Ooh. Hey, Jared and RJ, what's happening? Over the long weekend here in the States, we drove up to a kick-ass cabin in the Smoky Mountains. Smoky Mountains? Like in uh, The Hobbit, the Smoky Mountains? What are they called up there again? Well, I know Smoky Mountain Wrestling. That's to be a, a territory development for WWF. Jim Cornette Ooh. ran. The original WWF. Mm-hmm. 
What about the Smoky Mountains? Or no, the Misty Mountains. Fuck, that's what it's called, right? God. Man, people are the Tolkien fans are going to come after us now. They're going to be Tolkien about it. Ooh, Jared. During the six-hour drive, I kept myself entertained by checking out that Bulls documentary, The Last Dance, since I can Mm -hmm. get away with watching a doc in the car by mostly listening to it and occasionally glancing at the screen. A few (laughs) times on the show, JD has mentioned he enjoys sports docs but finds the idea of talking or watching actual sporting events as repulsive. Can you elaborate on this interesting paradox? Repulsive Mm -hmm. seems strong. Mm -hmm. Did you say it though? I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, uh, you 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 frequently just talk about not caring about sports. Yeah. So yeah. So there's that. I I think the actual idea of following sports is so mm-hmm. boring to me. Like I I don't know. It seems like documentaries are great encapsulations of the actual highlights of. Mm-hmm the act of sports and you get like the whole notion of the drama and story after the fact. And I'm fine with that. that that's about, that's my engagement with it. I think there's value to it, but it's uh, something that I just, I mean, I can't, I can't do every, one. I can't do everything. Um, mm-hmm. and, mo- and most of my effort, my, my time uh, is in completely different things. Why can't you do everything, Jared? I believe in you. I bet if you wanted to, really? you could. You believe in me, RJ? For this instance, yeah, sure. Okay, just this one? Just this one, oh, yeah. Okay. I bet if you wanted to. Actually, perfect opportunity. Next month is uh, March, so March Madness, NCAA basketball. It's the perfect time for you to get into it because it's like it's like a weekend and then another weekend and then it's done. It's like two weekends and then you're all done. That's it. Hmm. That's it. Yeah, That's I'll... Yeah, absolutely going to do that. Um, I know, uh-huh. I, I, I guess the other thing probably, uh, it's not just the talking sports. I think it's sports culture is probably, I would actually say is more repulsive than actual sports in itself. Well, it's pretty horrific. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's really a genuine fan of that element. Uh, I've met a few people who are. Who are, who are into like sports being a sports fan oh yeah yeah i've met yeah. those guys like okay. their yeah. identity is that they're a fan of this sports team i've met them. but oh those... no no not not just no like, not even like culture. being like yes like actually being yeah. into like sports culture as opposed to like you know i'm a big maple leafs fan or something like that i mean i know um my friend bryant he's a big mm-hmm. he loves his maple leaves he loves his blue jays and if they're not playing, he stops watching the sport completely. <laughs> he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. He, he checks out uh, and he'll follow like Olympic sports stuff when it's the Canadian teams and that kind of thing. But mm. I mean, that's where he draws the line. He spends a lot of money on sports packages, like whatever the Rogers uh, deals are in Canada. He's, he spends a, a ton and on merchandise. He's I, that's all he has. That's all I ever see him wear are t-shirts that correspond to those teams. So mm. Well, it's it's not unlike uh, the weaves of the world that are dre- decked out in uh, anime stuff, right? It's uh, not unlike. Not unlike? Yeah. Yeah, because I've seen a few of those boys too. You know, whatever makes you happy, Jarrett. Yeah, whatever I mean, if, if, you, if you want that blue eyes white dragon, go yeah. for it. Go. For it. You get it. You get. You want a dark magician? 
Pick is it up. Is that good? Pick it up. I don't know. I don't know, RJ. Hey, do you have any minifig uh, merch, like shirts, like minifigs, like on a shirt, spelt real cool and like bubble letters or anything like that? Not yet. Do, do does such a thing exist, or I, are you going to be the one to no. create it? Oh man, Ugh. I'm sure someone's done it. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, if you could have a minifig shirt, what would it be? Would it be like a frog or something, or like a bugbear, or, bug or would bear. it just be like words like "I'd rather be minifigging" or something like that? Thank you very much. Something sassy. Something sassy. Like yeah. my other car is a minifig. Well, whatever, whatever, Rob Eagle sends our way, that'll do by me. Whatever uh, I get tomorrow morning, that'll be your T-shirt. You got twelve hours from the point I'm recording right now, yep. Rob. He's he's usually pretty uh pretty um. What's the word for being like on time? Not punctual, but you know, mm. he's usually pretty good. I actually, I have a stockpile of memes. Uh, this weekend, I didn't post a whole lot. Uh, I wasn't in the right mind. Uh, the... A lot of memes that uh, I can uh, send uh, send out to the, the creepers out there in the next couple days. Sports questions for oh, RJ. Baby. Oh, Uh-oh. my goodness. Okay. With Tom Brady winning a Super Bowl with mm-hmm. the Bucks. I was curious about your thoughts on all the upcoming big player trades around the NFL. For instance, mm. Aaron Rodgers possibly going to the 49ers. J.J. Watt leaving the Texans. I can't believe it. And, I know. and Matt Stafford going to the Rams. I'm crazy. I can't believe it. Well, I mean, the the big thing, Jarrett, is, uh, you know, J.J. Watt. He, <laughs> yeah. he, might, he might end up in Pittsburgh because they already got two of the Watt bro, uh, brothers. They already got two of them, wow. Jared. Huge. Yeah. Huge. So, uh, I can't believe it. One on the market. He might be a, a stealer now, yeah. my man. So if this is like sports radio, can you be like the Barracuda? The Barracuda coming in hot. Aaron. I'll be the mouth. Rogers. You're the mouth? Yeah. Do you say stuff like poop and fart? Uh, Just, uh, I, I, I say it how it is. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a hard role to have, you know, telling it like it is. Yeah, someone's got to do it. It's a hard role. So are you excited for Aaron Rodgers to be leaving Green Bay or uh, what's your what's your honest opinion? (laughs) Where do you stand on old man Big Ben continuing to be your QB? (laughs) I'm okay with it. A lot of a lot of other people aren't, but I'm okay with it. Cool. Do you know Big Ben? Uh, oh, uh, who doesn't? Who doesn't? I, I I didn't know they let giant bell towers play sports. Fuck Big Big Ben's a big dude, like uh, a very big dude. He's well, I've I've seen the photos. Yeah. How, how did they get him to come from London? Are you able to watch most Steeler games? Since I got access to NFL Sunday Ticket, I have not mm-hmm. missed a Vikings game. See, uh, I only I don't have. NFL ticket, but I do have just normal broadcasting. So uh, when it is in the normal, when it's on the normal schedule, I'll, I'll watch them. But I don't always get them. I don't always get them. Fun. What about you, Jared? Do you do you uh, catch every Steelers game or what? Oh um, yeah, I'm on the zone. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, just for football, right? D- or all the or, sports? Uh, yeah, is that like it's like Calzone, but Dazone? Dazone, Calzone. I- what would you rather have in this moment right now? Dazone or a calzone? Oh, I'll have a calzone, please. One calzone. It's... What kind of calzone do you uh, dabble in? Whatever, like, 
I don't know, pizza ones. Like, you know, pepperoni, mushroom, cheese. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's fine. Some bacon. I'm just curious. This is a pizza folded in half, baby. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. <laughs> that's it. It's like, I'll, 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 I'll take it. Caesar salad on the side. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, <laughs> you're talking like uh, Ben from Parks and Rec with this uh, calzone talk. <laughs> I'm I'm liking it. Yeah. Keep keep going. Finally, what NFL teams do you hate? For me, as a Minnesota fan, I have a grudge against the mm. Saints, Packers, Bears, Eagles, Falcons, and Cowboys. Shit. Holy shit! It's like a it's a lot of animal heat. Well, it's a medley of uh. Well, I mean the what, Packers. What, what are just what, cheese. What, what are what are they? Do they pack package cheese? Is that the yep. is that that the idea? Yep. What, what, they're what just are, it's they're just cheese. What what do the Saints do? They are the Fleur de Lee symbol and nothing else. Okay. Yeah, so uh I Cow- mean Cowboys is self evident. I mean I mean I'm yeah. not sure what Hank Hill would have to say about that, but well, he's a cowboy fan. hundred percent. Hundred percent. Oh yeah. That's the whole thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They wanted to, they wanted to move the Dallas training camp to uh to Arlen. To Arlen? I know. I know. Have you got to that one where uh, they go in there in the skybox yet? And uh, it's uh, NCAA. They're playing Texas. Not not NFL, but the college ball. You I got that one yet? I don't think so. That's a good one. They take Bobby into the box. Yeah. Maybe. Bobby. I, don't th- I don't think I have. I might it's be, probably I coming might up pretty be wrong. Soon. It's kind of weird. Like, there is, because I watched, like, whatever, like, the first 10 seasons of Simpsons. There's like Super Bowl episodes. There's that Super Bowl episode of The Simpsons, mm. and then oh, there's like yeah. weird like things where like oh they're kind of doing the same thing, but like a, a year or two apart. There's some weird uh, influences there, or coincidences, and they kind of blur in my head, especially when it comes to sports. Like there's always like a, if you're gonna do a family comedy show, you have to do an episode where it's about sports, like the soccer one. Mm-hmm. Um, they yeah. Brand, yeah. Or the sim- there, there's a lot of like little oh, league football. Fuck, there's in, the in both. But there's the uh, episode where uh, Bill's record is tied and then broken, very, uh, very disappointingly. But because they they let mm-hmm. it happen, and the, yep. the 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 men are disgusted, but everyone else the is bulldozer. okay with it. Bulldozer. Oh fuck. Uh, the Iron Man music. They. Oh, brilliant that that yeah. I, I i have like that face of bill and like when, mm-hmm. and then when he comes back onto the team and he like the sounds of his body bursting at the seams when oh. his muscles seizing up <laughs> so that is some good stuff oh that's very good stuff yeah i'm a fan of the bulldozer yeah uh, well, i think his record uh holds i just saw the uh again this is the, the i saw the episode where it's the the next christmas episode they did where mm-hmm. uh, it's about Bill, and he gets all this a- a positive attention for being Santa Claus, but then it's like January, and he's still Santa Claus, and he gets the bouncy castle, and and and, and the the Arlen midget comes with it. Uh, mm-hmm. We're informed, <laughs> just like the stains. <laughs> oh fuck! It's it's so uh, oh, I love you're, it so much. <laughs> you're a Billman, hey? I yeah, cause, well, because like there's this like. Oh, it's such a cruel thing with Bill, though, too, because like they're like, "Oh, it's going to happen. He's going to try to kill himself again." And you're like, "Holy shit!" Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he hey, he hasn't done it yet, so that's something to be happy about. Well, I think there's like Bill had a little bit of uh, shine on him the one episode where uh, uh, they they stole uh, uh, 
Dale's new John Deere tractor mower. Oh yeah, because he was being a dick. Yeah. And then like Bill's joy, and finally like, oh, that's so nice. It's so cool. it's so great pulling a trick on other people and not being me. Is this what it feels like? You're not all mm-hmm. just pulling a trick on me. And his his glee. He's so he's so he's so happy. There's well, I mean, you you got a root for beer uh, for Bill. I I like. Uh, like when he goes to the bayou, because then in that one too, he's kind of the hero. Oh fuck! In that one. The, the, the Cajun, or his chili recipe the, one. The Cajuns. Yeah, the Cajuns with the doe trees. Oh yeah. Oh, and the Delfontes. How, how, how long have you been there for? I've been here for thirty-five years. <laughs> That's see that one's good too because it paints yeah. Bill in a good light. I also my favorite Bill ones I think are uh, Operation Infinite Walrus, which I don't think you've gotten to yet. Uh, I yeah I. I've, <laughs> I vaguely remember that name yeah, of episode. You'll though. like it. It's a real sad bastard one. <laughs> and then uh, I also like the one where he um he gets like uh into bodybuilding with uh Oswald from uh, the Drew Carey show, Diedrich Bader, where they get into body bodybuilding together. That's a good one too. I like that. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, so what were we talking about? What's, what's the what, what's the football team you hate? Oh, I don't like the Ravens or or the Patriots. That's one of the reasons I don't like Tom Brady is because they would always beat the Steelers, mm-hmm. uh, like before the playoff or super, like last round of the playoffs and stuff. And the Ravens, because fuck them, fuck them. Also, inquiring minds want to know RJ's thoughts on that time loop movie you all skipped right past last week, Palm Springs. Oh, I mean, I can talk about it. Not your, not right now, but I can talk about it after. Okay. If you want to hear, Jared. Sure. Okay. Okay. We'll get through the emails first, and then I'll bring it up. Goat movie question of the week. Based on your recommendation, JD, I just watched The Parallax You. So what are your favorite Warren Beatty movies? My all-time fave would be Red, since I'm a big Russia boy. I also enjoyed Future Creep Shampoo not too long ago, and I finally, I really need to revisit uh, Bonnie and Clyde. Hmm. hmm. Warren Beatty. Does uh, is is he in that movie? Not Donnie Brasco. Bullworth. Bullworth. That's your favorite one, right? Yeah. I I've talked about Bullworth before on here, right? Where the poster, I always thought it was a different movie, and I never understood what it was. Right. I think so. That poster's misleading. Let's take a look. Not Dick Tracy. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. Not Dick Tracy. All right, Warren oh. Betty. Yeah, you know what? I haven't really. That's kind of surprising. McCabe and Mrs. Miller is pretty good if you're into uh, the idea of a Robert Altman Western. Mm. I am sometimes. Can I tell you something that might shock you, Jared? What, RJ? Mm-hmm. Do you know how many Warren Beatty movies I've seen? Five. One. Wow. The Parallax View. That's it. That is it. A. But my parents owned a copy of Bugsy on VHS, and uh, even in even in my darkest days as a kid, when I had nothing to watch, I never I never pulled out that Bugsy. He's he's he must have one of the most underwhelming filmographies I've ever seen, as far as an actor. Like for a guy of his stature. Like, Warren Beatty is, like, one of those big actors, right? In your yeah. mind. But, like, in reality, it's like, he isn't in that not much. In, was it more TV, do you think? or No, I mean, I think it's like he definitely became, well, not even directing. He only directed, like, six movies. What the hell? Is it his name was bigger than he ever was? I 
based on this. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I mean. I was like, I've only seen one movie of his. I was like, but it, there's not that many. Wow. What, you didn't see Ishtar? Uh, I have not seen Ishtar yet. Not yet, but it's on my list. Like Dick Tracy, I never watched. I was a little kid. I, I had no interest in fucking Dick Tracy. Yeah. You know? You know? Hmm. You know? Heaven, yeah, I mean, like, Heaven Can Wait. I've never seen Bugsy. Uh, I guess he's in Madonna, Truth or Dare. Hmm. Do you want to watch Bugsy together? I've seen that Mickey one. I didn't like it. Wasn't good? No. Town and Country. Ugh. Mm. Mm-mm. No, thank you. No, thank you. So it does. So it does have Gary Shandling. Ooh, and, you're the Gary Shandling and guy. Andy McDowell. Just Andy McDowell. Just well, Goldie Hawn. Char- oh, Char- Charlton Heston. Who is a? Oh, Josh Hartnett. Ugh. You you don't got a thing for Josh Hartnett? No. He looks like a. He kind of looks like hot cam. Like an, does hot cam look like an ape? Kind of. Hey, actually, speaking of football talk, so you know that guy, The Weeknd, that was the... Yeah. I mean, I know you don't know the halftime show, but he's in Uncut Gems, too. Yeah. Uh, one time, this was like three, four years ago, I was at my cousin's wedding, and uh, there was this, like, Scandinavian guy there that he played baseball with or something, and I walk into the room, and they're all hanging out, and uh, this guy's like, he's like, oh, you were The Weeknd, and I was like, excuse me? He's like, you look like The Weeknd, and I was like, Huh? I was like, like the weekend, like Friday and Saturday, because I, I had no idea who this person was. He's like, but he's like, no, you, you look like the weekend. That was his Scandinavian accent. Did, I did, did it. Did you did, did you tell him to Sporlus? Sporlus, uh, the weekend. Uh, no, I was so taken aback by uh, him calling me the weekend, which I didn't know was a person at the time. I was just mm-hmm. like, what the fuck. But uh, I've brought this up to other people. People think I look like that guy. I'm just a very uh, white version. <laughs> I guess. Wow. Okay. I mean, right? Just, I don't know. That's what other people have told me. I don't know. I don't. I don't listen to his music. Just Google the weekend. What do you think? Do I look like him? Um, do I look more like the weekend or Jake Gyllenhaal? Because I've been told both. And they can't both be true. I don't know. You you listen to that Blinding Light song? I just know that Starboy song. Oh, Blinding Lights is a pretty good song, RJ. Uh, I don't know. I've never. I didn't even know that Starboy song was him either until someone brought it up. It's very much of the of its time. It's very uh, '80s, in, mm. in a good way, I'd say, for like pop '80s sound. Uh, yeah, it's pretty catchy. Hmm. And you don't even listen to music, so that's no. It, it jumped out at me. Uh, being in a room with a radio on. I was like, what is this song? And then I looked it up and went, oh, that's what this The weekend is about. Other than him being in Uncut Gems. And he did a comp, he wrote a comics graphic novel for Marvel. Was it any good? No, no one bought it. Uh, so wait, so what's your, uh, what's your MO? Do I look like The weekend or no? Um, Yeah. So anyway, um, mm-hmm. food talk. Yeah, yeah. What about it? What are some of your favorite restaurant appetizers? Ooh, <laughs> Do you go for those nachos, cheese sticks, spinach dip, quesadilla? 
pretzel bites, stuffed mushrooms, a bowl of chili, a house salad, or possibly oh, one of those combo plates. Honestly, I love them all. Yum, yum. Give me some. <laughs> Whole oh, bowl man. of chili for an appetizer, uh, Justin, right? Justin's, Justin's getting hungry right in his email. What about you? Are you getting hungry? <sighs> hmm. Appetizers. Yeah, I don't really do too many appetizers because I find that if you're going to eat something, that's like what you're going to eat. So the idea of like eating bonus food, it's like nods. Nah, wait, put, wait, wait. Bring bring it all together. I mean, you're I saying you don't gorge yourself on appetizers. I try not to, unless it's like, you know, Christmas or something like that, where there's just like plates of food coming at you. But at a restaurant, going, going to a restaurant, I mean. When I would indulge, I guess like when there's a whatever bread with you know balsamic vinegar and oil and stuff like that, that can be pretty good. If that counts so you're, as an appetizer, I mean that's just yeah, like that's a hundred percent an appetizer. Okay, hundred percent. So that's pretty decent. Um, I like, I don't know, what's the one thing they've got at Earl's? It's like a Thai chicken. Thai chili bites. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, it's like chicken deep fried and then tossed in the Thai. Ch- chili yeah that's an appetizer 100 yeah, percent. that there you go okay so your thai chili bites and uh bread with oil and vinegar that's your that's your go-to appetizer hey if they have if, if they if happen offered. to appear yeah side note if offered a starter salad would you do that or is that also sure. part of your like no i want well, the that's, meal just, that's that's fine it's kind of like when you go to um uh, some places where you get like a miso soup before sushi mm. or something like that. They're always, they're always handing out that miso soup. They do hand out a lot of miso. I, I, I mean, I don't I don't count soup as an appetizer. Oh, so, so soup and salad, no yeah. go for the appetizers yeah. for you. This is like kind of like something you don't, you would not, if now if they brought that out at the same time as your meal, you wouldn't be bothering with it probably unless you were mm. really, really hungry. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's like the whole goal, right, is to kind of keep you – Tied you over until they can make your food. That's right, and then, then they charge you something like twelve bucks for dessert afterwards. Well, if you get dessert, that is. If um, if, so uh, he mentioned cheese sticks. As I've mentioned a lot of times, I'm a big matzo <laughs> stick boy, but sometimes that's a main for me. Yeah. N- not e- not even an appetizer. See, the one that's to me is a bowl of chili is an appetizer. Like, see, I've never heard of that. That's pretty wild. That's a that, 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 that is a meal. That one. That's a that's a whole hearty meal. I don't know because like if we get appetizers, sometimes usually Andrew and I will get one to split. But like sometimes the stuff she wants, I'm like, mm, I don't want that. <laughs> so like, well. We'll get some stuff together, but I don't know, like chicken wings, potato skins, like that kind of shit, you know? Mm-hmm. But we've, uh, I don't know, sometimes it's like hummus and crackers or, fuck, I don't know, like a whole, just a plate of olives, just green olives for you, Duncan. There's a, I know you're... well, that's actually, so you just said one of the things that I'm not too crazy about. Green hum- olives? Hummus. Hummus? Yeah, I've, I've had some restaurant hummus. It was okay. I've, I've never had... I don't think I've had yeah. like homemade. I've had like you know restaurant or grocery store, and don't care for it. There's something about yeah. it that uh, there's other things I would prefer, despite it probably yeah. being a much healthier option. <laughs> yeah, I mean I don't mind hummus. Like I've uh, I've gone spurts. Sometimes I like eating it. Sometimes I'm like mm, I don't want that. One thing I definitely don't like is uh, places like um, Moxie's. 
one of their appetizers will be like avocado or like guacamole but like table ground it's it's the dumbest thing you'll ever see they'll come to your table and cut open an avocado and then mix it in the bowl in front of you and it's like you could have did this in the back i, I it's like i trust you because <laughs> they don't like the servers don't mix it very <laughs> well you know? like uh there's like a korean barbecue place where you get to do your own barbecuing <laughs> Oh yeah, I've I've gone to a couple of those too, and they're they're okay. Yeah, you know, like they're not the best, what, what, but they're what, okay. What, it's like, what are we paying for here? It's like you're marinating my food, and then I get it's like it's like a self checkout at the grocery store. I, mm-hmm. I, I I get a plate cook. I I love the self checkout. I I always it, did before. I I don't mind self checkout boy. I don't I don't mind it either. But I'm just saying, it's like I want to play grocery store clerk. Yeah, well, I mean that's that's what uh, that's the future the liberals want, right? Uh, tech talk. <laughs> uh huh. What are some of your most used apps on your computer or device? When it comes to work, it is all about Microsoft Office for me, including Fizo. For my Letterbox movie reviews, I like to use Natural Reader to help me edit. On my MacBook, I spend plenty of time editing on iMovie. And on my phone, I am typically on Letterboxd, Podcast Addict, checking out the weather. And I am not ashamed to admit that I use, okay, okay, good, a tip calculator since math makes me break out in sweats and causes my brain to hurt. Thanks for the time, gents. Have a great show. Cheers. Um, I mean, any any phone's a tip calculator, right? Any calculator is a tip calculator. Yeah. Kind of, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, I think you're going to have more to say about this than I do in general. Well, that actually required me to look at my uh, my device. Let's see here. Okay. I don't know, RJ, are you familiar with Skype? Uh, no, it sounds like a quality program, though. Oh, it's Does not. It... It's horrible. Oh, okay. So don't use Skype? Is there an alternative? Anything, anything other than uh, I've got to use, I got to use Zoom, Microsoft Teams, because you can't just have one video conferencing platform. Mm, interesting. Uh, it's, it's more like, what what do I use? It's more like, what do I dislike? Instagram's terrible. I hate it. I hate it, RJ. Yeah, I know. You, you got a real, you got a real beef with that, uh, with their platform, hey? Oh, I do. Mm-hmm. And not even that good kind, like beef dip. Ooh, is that? Have you ever gotten beef dip as an appetizer? I have not. No. Okay. No, I have not. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, like the usual, like suspect. The usual Messenger. I probably use by far the most. Like, well, that's to... also because you don't have a cell phone. Exactly. Though, right? I, I, so... I don't. I don't text people. Yeah. I don't text. Um. Let's see here. You ever heard about uh, Mini Paints, RJ? You know, what, Mini Paints is the app. You can keep track of your paints, and and the color what matches. Do, what do you? You can type. You, you can take a hex code from Photoshop from a color you like in a photo, and you try to find a color that matches it. Um. What yep. do you, what, what do you mean? Keep track of your paints. Keep track. Like you can't instead of just looking at them. Well, if you, when you're you're like, what do I have? Make and make sure you don't buy one again. Makes sense to me. Oh, okay. Okay. What else you got on there? Uh oh, I have like on here. I guess I have Feedly still, which is what what Ooh. used to be Google Reader Feed, whatever the hell it was, years and years ago. Mm-hmm. Then they took that away from me. And now, do you have Tumblr on there as well? I do not have 
I do not tumble. Not anymore. Not anymore. Did you ever dabble in that website? It was called like Stumble Upon, where you'd put in your interests and it would just like take you to a random website. I I did not. Which is essentially what like uh, Reddit is now. I think. Do do you remember Hot or Not? I do, and uh, rate rate your professor like with the hot, like you could put the chili peppers. Yeah, Yeah. hot tamale. Hot tamale. Yeah. Did you ever go on there? I remember reading it and seeing what was going on. But usually it's for the, the the real bad ones. You're like, this can't just be me, right? Mm-hmm. Well, people are more vocal about negative things than they are positive things, you know? Yeah. In sometimes, not always. People's but... bitch, bitch, bitch. Wow. He said it. Curse words. Curse. I mean, I... yeah, what else you got? That's about, I don't know. That's about all, uh, really. And yeah, and, and, and Letterbox, I actually primarily use the uh, in browser. Yeah, I do too. Because I don't like the Letterbox. I app. I think their app sucks. Maybe it's different now. I haven't I haven't tried using it in like I don't know, probably eight or nine months. But when I first had tried, I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What do I got here? I just do Reddit and Twitter pretty much. That's yeah, yeah. I've never. I don't have the Reddit app, I, and I barely use it. I, I, I kind of. The only time it ever comes up for me is in Google searches for like very specific topics, and usually mm. someone on Reddit's asked, and that's See, now where mm. the information is. Lives. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've mentioned a lot of times I hate Reddit, but I still go on it every day. So. What do you do? Yeah, I don't have anything else. I don't. <laughs> I don't do. You don't do I mean, things. I don't do things. No, not really. Okay. Yeah, I mean, is that boring? Maybe. I don't know. Why? Well, I, I mean, you do, or I mean, I do all the editing, but I just do that by uh, by by feel. With, I don't use any programs. With your mind. Yeah, do it with my mind. Uh, yeah, man, that's it. No. Frig. <laughs> know what I mean, bro? Uh... Yeah. Sam Sanchez. Oh, baby. No subject. Oh. In parentheses. In parentheses? No, no. subject? No. Wow. No. Wow. First off, just wanted to say I appreciate Mr. Loveland and his desire to relinquish relinquish the Sam number one title. But given how much creeps I've been falling behind on recently, though I finally caught up again, I'm definitely feeling like the number two here. So I will mm-hmm. defer to RJ's wishes on that matter. Well, I mean... I, I didn't mean anyone else needed to do it. I just meant I was going to continue to do it. Yeah. That's all. Next, since I did finally catch up, just have a bunch of small things to comment on from the last few episodes. Sorry for the potential length. Damn. Wanted to say I really enjoyed the crossing of the streams episode with the Australian pals, despite the earth-shattering revelation that you guys are not alone in this Criterion Trek. Admittedly, I expected it to be a shit show going in and was pleasantly surprised. Wow. Wow. So, I want... low... <laughs> wow. Do you think that he just he doubted our ability to yeah. be with other people, or was it that he just doesn't trust us? Like, what do you think? <sighs> Just not that high of opinion, I guess. Yeah, and I mean that's fair. I mean, I wouldn't what, what, have like what what much. evidence does he have to go off of, really? Oh fuck! Uh, not much, because he wasn't on that episode. 
Constant, that one two weeks ago. I was going to say something about consummate professionalism as you yawn into the microphone. Fuck, I've never, I've never even pretended to be professional. <laughs> Any, anyone really? who ever brings that up, I'm, yeah, I'm aware. If you're, if you're listening to this now and you don't realize that yet, it's like you haven't been paying attention. Uh, on a fairly recent episode, someone recommended you guys watch Kajillionaire, and I found it funny later on in the same episode when talking about pretentious movies, Jared expressed distaste for Miranda July and dreading a future creep. Not sure if he realizes that Kajillionaire is Miranda July's newest movie. No, I didn't. <laughs> Not sure if Kajillionaire would change Jared's mind on Miranda July. But that being said, I did enjoy Kajillionaire myself. Oh, my God. Mm. I did not know that. Uh, is that good or bad? No, it's, it's all bad, RJ. I, oh, actually, fuck you. If you've never seen a Miranda July movie, oh, boy. I don't think I have. You probably haven't. Um, mm. I don't know. I'm just going to stay away based yeah. on your response. But On another episode, I think the stream crossing one, Jared mentioned that he felt it was odd that Criterion didn't release their annual New Year's doodle. It seems the guy mm-hmm. that would do the drawings, Jason Poland, passed away last year in January. Oh, so I'm not sure if they just don't, they don't plan to do them anymore going forward or if they'll commission someone else in the future. I totally forgot about that. That did happen. So that guy died? Yeah. That's not good. Uh, their go-to guy. Hmm. I would have imagined... I, well, I guess I was going to say I would have thought that they would have had him pumping him out like ahead of time, but I guess that's hard to tell because they don't know until like... It's probably like day of. They're like, oh, we got the rights. That kind of stuff. Hmm. Maybe. Yes, they just... They, 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 they Maybe out of respect... Of his memory, they've they've stopped the tradition. Because yeah, I mean, they made a post well, about well, they used to have like um, yeah, because they used to have like the little sample doodles in their newsletters, like every month or so, and they mm. people like they'd speculate, well, where is it? What's what's coming out? So maybe they just haven't uh, either found a person or they're just not going to bother. Mm. Or the people they've gotten, they just don't have the the wit and the cleverness. Oh, do you think you could do it? Maybe you could do a no, minifig. I could. Uh, minifig based? It's like, yeah. oh, this is a, a, a space marine. Uh, but it means that, uh, uh, oh, I don't know, the Irishman. Paint your wagon. Paint your wagon. Paint your wagon. Have you seen that? Have you seen that? Uh, I haven't, but I uh, I can't wait for it. See, now it's like, what would a Irishman space marine look like? I know the movie uh, came out already, but maybe I could like backlog, I go back just, in time. Blue eyes and bad CGI, my friend. That's sounds, all it would be. Sounds like a space marine to me. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Some Horace Heresy stuff right there. That's some content for you, bud. As we get closer and closer to May, which I think is Fred Olin May this year. Oh, baby. Well, I... I just wanted to propose an Andy May... <laughs> Fuck, Andy Maligan sometime. With the new Severn box set coming out next month. I'm sure RJ would love some Milligan. Oh boy, would he ever! Oh, I don't. I, I'm I, unfamiliar. Andy Milligan, yeah. Uh, they're rough watches. I I can't I can't do Andy Milligan at all. And I did see the box set, and like I'm an idiot, and I'm like, well, maybe I should get it because it's one of those <laughs> things that's going to go out of print, and then it's going to become really really expensive to get later on. Even though, fucking all the movies are shit. Like they're not good. I don't care. I don't I don't buy anyone buying into it. And I'm a Jess Franco guy. But I, I think there's way more, like, miles apart. 
I guess I have a really tough time getting into any of the Milligan movies. It's kind of like the uh, Al Adamson stuff, but maybe it's a little bit more interesting than that because I did at least did like um, Seeds. Which I is, have no idea about anything you're I, talking about. I know you. This is this is the thing. But, but continue because uh, uh, I'm Andy, still listening. Andy Maligan's pretty good though. I like that. <laughs> Andy Maligan. And there's a Christopher Lee like TV horror movie box set that's coming out as well from severin i mean that sounds cool i'd be into that yeah i know maybe not maybe not whatever sam is talking about man i got some burps today you just have too much air in your body (laughs) no (laughs) i have just about the right amount usually (laughs) and it it fluctuates between breaths weirdly enough (sighs) There yeah. you go. Let it out. Let it out. For JP in his 3,000th film, wanted mm-hmm. to second some support for the Maltese Falcon. It might not be my favorite fil- uh, from his options, but as the big noir boy I am, I feel it's worth Ooh. checking out what is sometimes credited as the first noir. If I keep up similar pace this year as my last couple years, I might be able to hit 6,000 this year. Still quite away Fuck. from Mr. Duncan over there. Oh, you're getting close, though, because I'm not watching anything lately. Mm-hmm. Though that number doesn't seem to be going up anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're you're pretty much done, but, I mean, few people will ever get... You've already watched a lifetime's worth of movies. Yeah. Yeah, I have. I think. Yeah. So... On another episode, I believe RJ mentioned the possibility of you guys um, ever getting the meme treatment. And it gave me the hopes that one of you someday gets the same fate of a former podcaster that I used to used to listen to. Uh-oh. Video game podcast from Giant Bomb had a member mm. named Drew Scanlon, who is now simply forever known as Blinking White Guy. And hearing him discuss the sudden notoriety and seeing his face everywhere when it first exploded was interesting. Oh, is that the like the guy who like blinks and then moves his head a little bit because it's like the surprise, like oh, like that guy? Is that? Do you know that kid? Is that? Oh fuck! <laughs> Maybe? Huh? That's got to be it. Yeah, that is blinking white guy. Damn! I, I didn't realize that it was the. Uh... Is that dude? I thought you were blinking white guy. There, to be honest, Drew Scanlon reaction. Damn! Video video games, RJ. I know, I know, which you'll have, I'm sure, lots to talk about eventually here, but I didn't know there was that guy. What would your meme be? Something about bad dudes? I don't know, probably, I don't don't know, RJ. I'll let the internet decide for me. That's fair, that's fair. Yeah, that's not up to us. No, it isn't. It's not up to us. It's uh, what what the people out there decide to do with what's given. Lastly... Two wrestling notes. Oh, baby. My kind of sports. With a little bit of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Last mm-hmm. time I wrote in, I mentioned Jerry Lawler making awkward comments during the Women's Royal Rumble. A while removed now, but a couple that immediately came to mind was him commenting to Corey Graves that watching all those women in the ring is what he imagines heaven is like. And then mm. gave Corey the advice that if you imagine the women are all fighting over you, it makes it even better. <laughs> Just a tad groan-inducing. Yeah, well, that's uh, mm-hmm. Jerry Lawler and his joke book. It's a good joke. It's a good quality joke. Yeah. 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 I'm on board. And staying on topic of women's wrestling, unless I missed it, I'm pretty surprised Nia, Nia Jax didn't come up. 
are you are you aware of the Nia Jax stuff from like a week or so ago? No, I know Nia Jax. What did, what did they do to her? Well, it's what she did to herself. Oh, what she, do you mean? She tried. She went to do a leg drop on the uh, the hardest part of the apron. Okay, but and, and, and uh, Lana. Lana Rusev, whatever she goes by these days, she rolled out of the way. So Nia Jax, she landed on it with with her butt, and then okay. Nia, Nia Jax sold this like she'd been shot with her bellowing out loud, getting caught on camera. My hole. Uh, uh, <laughs> I have questions. But I don't know if so, I'm ready for the so, answers. So, 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 so Sam continues. So Nia Jackson, her hole made some rounds on the meme circuit from last week's Raw. You guys see this? You seeing this? If this was talked about and I somehow missed it, forgiveness, please. But I would advise going over to the Google.com and searching Nia Jackson hole and seeing the clip. But after missing a leg drop on the apron, Nia Jax sounded in pain, my hole, right in front of the camera. Since then, some pretty funny videos, blending of old Bubba Ray deadly shouting, my balls, and Shelly Martinez shouting, my vag, along with Nia Jax to make a nice, holy trifecta. Wow. Now, that, I, I did see that like within probably about a day of the, uh, the incident. So I... Thinking of it now, I did see some my whole stuff on Reddit <laughs> yeah. like a week ago, but I didn't I didn't have the context to it. I was like, I have no idea what this is. Yeah. But uh yeah, I'm on board with this. I like this. My whole. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. yeah. Apparently like on the replays or whatever when they put it on their platform. They, 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 they edited that out. Because of course they did. But it seems like it was clearly the best part of the entire night. I th- I think people have genuinely said that because wrestling's horrible. It's it's so not it's not good. Except for the whole talk. Except for whole talk. Okay. All right, guys. Sorry for the long one this week. Her. I look forward to saying I'm going to stay caught up going forward, but then immediately falling behind again. Yeah, that's okay. That's kind of what we're here for, right? Mm-hmm. Not like we're going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. That's mm-hmm. it for you, the emails. Thank you, everyone. Oh, nice to hear from uh, listeners, uh, acquaintances, and uh, casual friends. Hey, RJ. Yeah. What you been creeping on? You got to talk about this I mean, movie, otherwise Justin's going to break your legs. Well, fuck, I don't even really remember this. When did I watch this movie? <laughs> on February 6th? That's 11 days ago, man. Far from my memory. Hey, Jared, do you like Groundhog Day? Um, It's okay. Would you like a romantic comedy version of that? Isn't that kind of already a romantic comedy? Yes. So, Would you like a newer, upbeat, romantic, millennial romantic comedy what, version of that? What about uh, Happy Death Day? Didn't it already kind of... Is, is, that, is that the era we live in? Yeah. Yes, it is. And Andrew and I have actually, we've noticed a trend because we watched this and then on Prime, the only, not just on Prime, but like Netflix too, the only movies that are getting made now are like, they're all the same. They're, everyone is doing Groundhog Day, like style movies. Everyone is doing like, like a post-apocalyptic sci-fi thriller that like, it's like, and I know that's like generic, but like, um, 
they all fi- they all follow like really similar beats because we watched this and then it was like you might like these two movies and they were like Amazon Prime originals that were it was it was literally the exact same thing it's like it's like two characters are in an endless loop and it's like maybe love will happen maybe not <laughs> and it's like how did they make like a bunch of these and then like Happy Death Day too because like we watched that and Andy liked it but then I was like there's a sequel and she's like no nah, one was enough she's like I don't need a second one no. And I was like, all right. I've noticed Blumhouse, though, is uh, they're really cashing in on horror, horrifying, uh, like, 80s, like, movies like that. Because they just said that Freaky Friday one with Vince Vaughn is coming out, like, in the next month or two or I something think it, like that. I thought it came out already. Or it already came out? Okay. Yeah, I remember I, I saw a preview during the Super Bowl. So I couldn't – maybe it's out already. I thought it was – Or is that long – or is it a, yeah, I think it's known for a while. Maybe it's coming out on like to buy or something. I don't know. Or maybe oh, they're just re-promoting yeah, it. Be. I don't know how that came out. But no, uh, yeah, because I saw people. Cause it's called Freaky. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I saw, like, so that's like Blumhouse's thing, right? Like, so they redid Groundhog Day as a horror movie. Now they're doing Freaky Friday as a horror movie. What's next, Jared? What's next? Yeah, because yeah, well, Freaky is also directed by the guy who did Happy Death Day, right? Unless you of course. just said that. Yeah. Uh, Christopher. Yeah. Okay. Christopher Landon did that. that uh, yeah. This movie came out late last year. Oh, it, oh, so why the fuck were they promoting it at the Super Bowl? I mean, this is also Canadian TV. Like we don't have the commercials that the States does. So like we do get, <laughs> we do get rerun stuff. Maybe that's all it was. Uh, fuck. I don't know. Uh, that's probably it. <laughs> So I guess I'll review on my letterbox. Is okay. Ryler a real name? <laughs> Ryler? Ryler. That nope. reminds me of uh, Kyler. I don't know if you remember that episode or that one segment of Beavis and Butthead where the escaped uh, killer uh, mm-hmm. breaks out of jail and he finds his way into the backyard of Beavis and Butthead and across his forehead is carved killer. And they're like, they see his forehead and they're like, Kyler, is your name Kyler? Like, yeah, Kyler. So, Kyler. Yeah, I like that. Good. And then they go, uh, 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 and they all, they all have a good time, and they bond. Well, that's kind of about male bonding, right? Yeah, Ryler. Ryler. Uh, what the fuck was it? Well, anyways, I just say I, I'm Palm Spring. Only one type of movie exists anymore, but yeah, Palm Springs is. That's essentially all it is. It's Andy Samberg and uh, this lady, Christina Malati. She's in a lot of stuff, apparently. I just don't know what she's in. Um, but, yeah, they're just in a loop and uh, at a wedding in Palm Springs. And love ensues. I'm going to look up Christina Malati. Malati. It's a... Uh, Kristen it's Malati? A, yeah, Kristen. Kristen. C-R-I-S-T-I-N. She is known for playing the mother on How I Met Your Mother. I thought you never saw the mother in that show. Yeah. So, like, what was she in the last episode? Uh, I don't know. I I have no idea how that show. I've seen episodes, but, like, I never actually really watched it. Yeah, what the fuck's up with that? Or is it, like, maybe the last season they bring her in and it's actually her and then you get a season with her in it? Yeah, I think she's at the very end, maybe. Uh, I don't fuck. know. I don't know I don't know the rules of it. Yeah. Okay. Or, it's, or it's like her young or maybe. Fuck, who knows? What have you? 
Well, anyways, they're in a, a loop, and every day starts over, and then... Uh, oh, there, I, I just saw there, on her Wikipedia, there's a Malati playing ukulele in 2013. I was like, ah, <laughs> remember that, RJ? Her, Eddie Vedder had a ukulele CD in, uh, around that time, too. Everyone was doing it. Everyone's got their uke tape on YouTube. Everyone was doing it, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? I thought this movie was all right. Like, um... I don't know. It didn't leave a huge lasting impression on me. Like, I'm not going to rush out and tell people to scoop it up or anything like that. Oh, she was the, um, she was on season two of Fargo. She was in, uh, one of the Black Mirror. She was in the USS Callister episode, the Star Trek one. Of? Of of Black Mirror. Oh, I see. I haven't seen that yet. And she was, uh, uh, she played. Belfort's first wife in Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, okay. That's some that's some cred. Yeah, yeah, same like that's like she's in a she, bunch she, of she, things. She was, just... Oh, she was in three episodes of Sopranos. Uh, like a friend of Meadows or probably, something? Probably yeah, probably. Catherine Sacramoni. Sacramucci? Sacramoni. Sacramoni? Yeah, she was only in three episodes. You could probably okay, just a side character then. You yeah. know, like she she's in a bunch of stuff, but uh, and then Andy Samberg and I, I like Andy Samberg and she's uh, she's pretty good in this too. Your buddy J.K. Simmons is in this. It's not it's not a bad movie or anything like that. Like uh, we enjoyed watching it. There were a few things you're like, mm, eh. but then there's some other things that you're like, mm, eh. <laughs> cool. you know what I mean, Jared? Cool. Cool. I like See, that. See, it's it's a little bit out of my memory now. It's it's definitely okay for how long is it? For ninety minutes? Yeah. If you mm-hmm. if you got nothing to watch, you could throw in some Palm Springs. What what if it were ninety eight minutes? That might be a little too much. Okay. But yeah, it's not not a bad show. Uh, I think we watched it and we looked at each other and went, that was okay, and then uh, we moved on with our day. Right. Yeah. Nice. So uh, nicely done. Nicely done. That's it. That's all I watched. Cool. Uh, and then before we get into the me- the nitty gritty, did you do anything this week of uh, interest, Jarrett? Uh, Diablo three. Oh, tell me about that, you big nerd. It's uh, it's fun. You you wanna if you wanna kill demons and horror stuff. It's uh. Do you do you well, like doing that? Uh, so I, yeah, I, I I mean I like Doom. Yeah. Like Doom? No, it's like Diablo, but. I feel like uh, no one really talked about Diablo three very much because by that point Dark Souls was a, was the thing, yeah. And everyone just says everything looks like Dark Souls, which is kind of annoying to me. <laughs> but so because like, everything I, looks like Dark Souls. No, and I mean, I like what Dark Souls stuff looks like, but now everyone does too because of Dark Souls. Do you understand? I do understand, man. I do yeah. understand. Yeah. yeah. What about um, not just Dark Souls. Uh, what was it? What's the other one? I can't remember. I can't remember. Okay, so wait. Like, for... like Blood, what, Bloodborne. I mean, it's all the same thing to me, but yeah. Is uh, is Diablo three? Is it like the mass stuff where it's like you're walking around and there's people everywhere and you're like pew and then it hits everyone or is it like an actual like it's an rt yeah it's like a third, third it's iso- it's like isometric so you're like looking down you're you got your little tune walking yeah. around the 
Yeah, it's all kind of at slight of an angle. But it's like, yeah, I would call it more top down. It's the Diablo okay. perspective. And did they did they coin that? Were they the first ones? No, or? that was that was uh, that was me. That was just you. The Diablo perspective. Oh, okay. The the Diablo perspective. So, how long is that game then? Because you've been playing it for like a no, week or two. No, uh, yeah, not that much though. Or just not that much. Yeah, a few sessions. Uh, I think it's now th- uh, the first act only. Mm. It's five acts. Oh, fuck! And that's like eight that's hours. A big boy. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's fun. Big beefy boy. It's fun. Not not yeah. too not too challenging. Hmm. Well, that's good then. That's good. If since you didn't ask, I uh, I am almost on part two of Metal Gear Solid Four. Almost though. Oh, like there's there's like one one thing left. I I just couldn't finish it last night when I was playing, but mm. I just I did beat uh, Laughing Octopus, which uh, based on the dialogue, and I don't know how well you remember it but is 100% the Joker uh, talking about living in societies and things like that and uh, uh-huh. uh, ha- always looking on the bright side and then you get the backstory is like she had to kill everyone she knew. Now she's always laughing. Isn't that right? Batman. Batman. Well, I we do live in a society. But anyway, that's not good. It looks like shit. What, the Snyder Cut? Fuck. Oh, it's going to be great. People need to relax. It's like, just... Uh, well, I know hey, you're fine. Hey, but... hey, it's not about that. It's not about relax. It's uh, it's uh-huh. the people the people who are uh, talking about it need to relax. They're so excited. That's what I mean. They're so excited. Uh, I, I've seen nothing but almost overwhelming uh, hate for that thing, I, other I, than uh, I, like I, Tucker I, Stone. I, bar- I barely see any hate for it. All I see is enthusiasm. Good. I see uh, there's these polls that people have, and they're like, I can't wait. And it's like way more than anything else. And I'm like, what's wrong with these people? They have like, they have something to prove. <laughs> oh, it's it's going to be great, Jared. It's going to be great. Hey, did you, uh, since last week, uh, uh, Josh Whedon, like nothing, he hasn't been canceled yet somehow. They're, they're sure trying. Well, I mean, he's not doing anything, right? So like if he was, dude hasn't really worked in a while, has he? Well, since Justice League, I don't know if he's been doing it. If he's been doing much. Well, and then even that, though, like before Justice League, he wasn't doing much either. Yeah, yeah. And there was these vague comments made by a former Buffy cast members. Mm-hmm. It's like, hmm, and nothing, nothing, nothing to talk about. I mean, he just won't make anything else anymore. So that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I, I've never been a. Joss Whedon guy, because number one, his name isn't real. Joss isn't really a name. Not really. Real so, life. did you watch that Nintendo Direct or what? What? Did you watch the Nintendo oh, Direct? Oh, is, is that was that something that happened today? That was trending on Twitter. Yeah, I saw yeah. something about that. I saw something about another Smash Brothers. What have you? Uh, just a new character. I, everyone had their hopes up for this direct, but because uh, it's thirty five, thirty. Five year anniversary of Zelda, but they didn't have any news for that. I think it's also like the same for Donkey Kong, but they didn't really show much there. Are they, doing, they showed are, a bunch. Are they doing anything with that Metroid? Nope. They well, not didn't say anything yet. It's is this like going to go for days still, or is this just like no? It's just one one time thing. Wow. And Nintendo, it was for, Nintendo's it was, such a strange company. Oh yeah, yeah. They have it all right there. They just. uh 
I feel like they they consistently make the wrong decisions. <laughs> where it's like it's the, like the, you mean they succeed despite themselves though. Yeah, because it seems like they're exactly the switch is you know always sold out and and, yep. and like they have nothing. Like I don't know. I, I look mm-hmm. at their stuff, their product, and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't want any of this stuff. Despite I do like a lot of their library, but they mm-hmm. make it so it's very inaccessible. Oh yeah, the, the fact that I just couldn't buy, you know, the that weird little Super Nintendo thing, mm-hmm. the whatever it was, the classic, the SNES yep. classic. Yeah, it, and they're just sold out forever. And yeah, oh, we made only so many, but that's it, and now they're gone forever. Like, why? Like why? Why did you, like you could have sold more? I don't. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing. It's like you. That's the problem with Nintendo is they always undersell their stuff. Where it's like, there's a huge demand for it. It's like you guys literally could just make more, and then it would be fine. Yeah. And you would you would make more money too because like right now the money just goes to scalpers. So like. Yeah. It's like they could just make more, but they could. But instead, uh, they'll they'd prefer people to you know have raspberry pies and just get every game imaginable and yeah. be fine with that. Yep. Well, and I mean, that's fine too. And like, that's all people wanted to is like, they just wanted the port of like a bunch of old Zelda games, like for switch so that they could play that. Hmm. And then they, they made, they picked one Zelda game instead of all of them. And I don't know, people are real mad, but there's a lot of weeb stuff in there for you. Ooh. Yeah, lots, like lots it. of weeb stuff. Lots of weebing. Yeah. Anyways, that's not that's, that's not Star Trek. No, but do you want to hear about Star Trek? Yeah, I do. I want to, right. not, not only do I want to hear about it, I want to talk. Oh, interesting. Interesting. All right, so let's go to 602. Uh, and I put, um, excuse me, three out of four stars. Rocks and Shoals. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I only have, like, really one line. I tore my pants. <laughs> you get some pant tearing. Yeah. Hell yeah, you do. It's, it's lost yeah. in space. It is lost in space. For, uh, but for one episode. There's also uh, people just uh, hanging themselves in the promenade out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. That was where my, um, <laughs> what? Because I was watching it and then it happened. And I was like, uh, wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? It's kind of like the, uh, the the monks setting himself on fire in protest. It's it's kind of like that, hundred percent. Yeah. What is this episode about? Jim Hadar's. Well, crack. it's like yeah, the oh, the, yeah. the ships crashed and they're kind of uh, stranded. And there's another there's a Jim Hadar ship that's also crashed. And right. They're, they they kind of come to meet. There's the other um, Wayun race. Yeah, the other Vorta. Vorta guy, who, who yeah. who's a different Vorta altogether. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just about, I don't know, war. It's a little, it's a short little war story. Yeah. I remember now, because Cisco, because it's basically with the Jim Hadar, they're like, we do what we have to. And he's like, yeah, but you you can't. He's like, you shouldn't, because I'm just telling you now, like, we know what you're going to do. And he's like, we still do what we have to. It's like, we're soldiers. It's what we do. And they go over that, they run over, they go over that, they charge over that hill. Yeah, and he, he he tells him too. He says, "Don't do it. We're here. We'll kill you." But he does it anyways. Yep. Damn, war's tough, man. War's tough. It's hell. Some might say. Some do say that. Some might say six point oh three. Ew. Two out of four stars. 
And my ew is uh, this episode starts with uh, Worf full on making out with Dax, and I went ew. <laughs> Michael Gross. Dorn demanded it. Is that the? Is that how that came to be? I have no idea. So, someone demanded it. They're like, we really need to see Worf making out. Sons and daughters. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, Rocks and Shoals is a yes for me. Sons oh, yeah. and daughters is, eh. Yep. For certain reasons. Well. Who do we got, RJ? Uh, I I would say we have the introduction of fake Alexander mm-hmm. uh, because he is very clearly not Alexander, and they're trying to play him off as he is Alexander. But this kid, he doesn't got the magic. He doesn't have the magic, and like uh, all the character stuff is going against Alexander, which is like the point of the episode too. They're like, you're not like this, Alexander, and it's like, so then why make him like this? It's very strange. Yeah, very strange yeah so the whole gimmick here is uh yeah Worf still hanging out on mm-hmm. uh the klingon ship and alexander wants to join the klingon fleet because he's just like kind of doing nothing but he wants to prove himself to his dad and also inevitably wants to if, if i die then my dad will be proud of me mm-hmm. yeah that's what the whole thing is some father and son whatever and i mean last week i would just last week, you you told me careful what you wish for because I was clamoring for some ex- Alexander, but I wanted Alexander Nog and Jake. But now it's all war torn Alexander Nog yeah. and Jake, and I'm like, yeah. they're just not kids anymore. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's it's tough, man. It's tough. Yeah. So Alexander's a real wiener in this. I found, but what are you gonna do? Yeah. Hardly any screeching, which is uh. <laughs> A real, uh, a real disappointment. No snarling, no snarling, nothing like that. So, uh, a a real, real disappointment. Okay, let me make sure I got the right episodes here, because I, for some reason, I was like, wait a minute, did I get the well, wrong episodes? Four, five, and six are kind of yeah. like all one storyline. Despite episode four, totally ends on like a cliffhanger, but it's not like a to be continued or anything like that. Yeah, it's, it's like oh. Rom's arrested, <laughs> and, yeah, then, okay. and then and then they're like, "Oh, fate, and then it wraps up, and you're like, "What?" <laughs> it's like that seems like a important thing because Star Trek doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and it's just like moving on, and you're like, "Wait a minute, where's Rom?" <laughs> uh, so okay, yeah, I'm under. I for a second I was confused, but six uh six point oh four Bane, three out of four stars. Bane is on uh, DS nine in this episode, and he's breaking people's backs. Someone someone gets their back broken on someone else's knee oh. during the, the fight. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, right. Bane's on a part of uh, the Dominion now? Okay, yeah. So this is episode Behind the Lines. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Uh, this is a yes. Um, and my yep. note here is Odo chooses Space Hose before Space Bros. He does. And I'll just play my card here early, but 605 for me is Simp Odo is back. Three out of four stars. Yeah. So these two, epi- I know all three go together, but uh, yeah, it's uh, Odo is a simp. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, there's some talk. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I mean, my notes like on these next few episodes are very brief because I was just like watching them back to back and yeah, just uh, enjoying them. I guess I didn't take super thorough notes like I had previously. But yeah, this is kind of the turning point. They speed up the whole, what the Dominion War is, at least as far as the occupation of the station goes, which 
I don't know how you feel about it. We'll get there, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Cardassians. Oh yeah, so the, the Darmoth uh, Ducats, second in mm-hmm. command. He's like getting drunk and loaded at Quark's bar, and yep. he's like he's got a, he, he's talking a lot, and so this is kind of like the resistance stuff. And on the flip side, um, Starfleet is gearing up to do more missions, but Cisco gets shelved because he's more important. Mm-hmm. This makes sense though. It's like, oh, hey, you're a good officer. You would be better served sitting back in an office job like you would in a real military rather than on the, mm-hmm. on the front lines and like being always like endangered of being blown up uh, as like, man, being a, uh, all you see is like enterprise ships now flying around like, Oh, it's the Cortez. It's the blink. And they're just getting blown up. And you're just yep. like, fuck. It's like, it doesn't matter anymore. And it's not even dramatic. It's just like ships just go up in flames, space flames. And they're all the same ship now too. They're all enterprises. Yep. I mean, a thousand em- enterprises. Yeah, it's pretty uh, monotonous. It's kind of, mm-hmm. it's not, uh, yeah, they just seem like, I'm not sure why they settled on that, but I guess, hey, it's the best ship. It's, it's even though they, yeah. sort of, they blow up all the same, but uh, maybe they got uh-huh. the best, they've got the best shot at it and it becomes the standard. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not sure. They, they, maybe I mean, it's just the mold they had for the, for the minifig. Yeah, yeah, you can make, yeah, I keep, uh, yeah, for plastic injection. Yeah, they said we can pump out like 19 of these. Clean up the mold lines. Yeah, real fast. Yeah, put smelly D lights in there. Smelly D lights, did you say? Smeg? What? Oh, I thought you said smelly D lights. Yeah, that's what I said, RJ. Like sunny D, but smelly. Sunny D? Yeah, but smelly. Yeah. Is what I thought you had said. So the resistance starts Uh to mount. Um, Cardassians are going to take down the the minefield and... Mm -hmm. They band together. Odo's supposed to help, but mm-hmm. Odo, Odo's uh, changeling space chick lady. She shows up, and yep. they, they have a lot. They have a bunch of alone time, and uh, they, they do a lot of merging, which is like PG alien sex. Uh, yeah, they're merging. But yeah, then, but then lot, they like have hands, hand, hand, hands together, and then they go, and they turn to yeah. oozes. But they also do straight on like. Straight on, Jarrett. Straight on. Like human stuff. Because remember, she's like, so that's how solids do it. And Odo's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> do, you have, do you have nipples as well? And she, she goes, why would we have those? That doesn't make any sense. He no. says, oh, yeah, they should have airbrushed those out of me. <laughs> yeah. In they, post. They, they've got computers. They can take care of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Rom, Rom's like a is a genius as they keep yes, alluding to. And he kind of figures out a plot or an idea and it's all supposed to come together. But Odo, he's too busy getting sexed up and, uh, Rom gets caught because the security does not get turned off on the, the breaker mm-hmm. and he gets snatched up by, you know, Jemadar Cardassians and it kind of just ends right there. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Oh, huh? How odd. Is there anything else in this episode? No, I don't think so. Uh, that's about it, because then they're all setting up for six six. Yeah. So these two, six oh four, six oh five, they're just they're just setting the ground. So, yeah. See, these are all like building yeah, and yeah. building. So then, yeah, episode five, favor the bold, which is when mm-hmm. like the they find out that the minefield's going to be coming down. They get word out via Morn. 
that, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, mourns Christmas gifts mm-hmm. <laughs> with, with, like, uh, the secret code in the ribbons. And mm-hmm. then Starfleet knows, like, it's game day. We, we got we to gotta get over there. We got to make sure that that minefield stays up. Otherwise, we're, we're hooped. And so everyone conver- everyone's converging. Worf um, gets sent on a side quest off camera mm-hmm. to go get Gowron to to send off some panel. ships. Yeah, off panel because they, yep. they're like, yeah, we don't need we don't want to see no Gowron. Well, they're like the actor who plays Gowron can't be here, and it's like it's okay. We'll just write that out. <laughs> it's like no, I'll be available next week. No, it's fine. Tight tight it's like, scheduling. Nobody needs Gowron anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, so like the 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 seduction of Odo here continues, mm-hmm. and Kira's pissed. Kira's pissed, man, and it leads to uh, some stuff down the road, if you know what I mean. Oh yeah, I don't, but I I know. Okay. Now what what, wow. what, what do you recall of this episode, RJ? Well, so it's kind of I'm I'm with you, whereas like uh, four and five. Uh, like four is where they capture Rom and five is where they're going to execute Rom. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much all I have other than Bane shows up and then Odo is a simp again. But it's mostly just, like I said, I think they're just, they're just setting the ground for that episode six because they're building up to something, right? Yeah. Just building and building. And so, yeah. And then, so then you get to episode six, uh, Uh sacrifice of angels. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, my note on this is shit. Yeah. So I have a dual wielding quark, five out of four stars. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> oh fuck, it's so good. I, I was gonna say, is this gonna be the one that breaks the scale? Oh yeah, this one broke the scale. Uh, so hero, I, I hero of the Alpha Quadrant, RJ. Oh, quark, quark. It's so satisfying to see mm-hmm. him coming in dual wielding and just blasting dudes, and like he. That, like Armin Shimmer, is it Shimmerman? Shimmerman, or, yeah. Yeah, that dude is so good. Like under all of those prosthetics, you can tell like Quark's like, he's like hesitant. He's like, I don't really do this kind of stuff. But then he's like, he's like, bam, I blasted you. And he's like, God damn, Quark, man, this guy's got layers. And he's, layers. And, and, he's start, and he's like really like horrified by it as well. He sells yep. it so well because he's like, I didn't want to so actually, because well. he's never really done anything like that. He's never killed probably i don't think I, no, he just, yeah he just sells stuff he's never actually no. killed anyone so uh no. and uh this has probably the darkest ending to a star oh, trek yeah. episode i have ever seen and that's it's pretty dark man but yeah this this episode is terrific oh Ter- like i think like yeah like so it's been like forever since i'd seen this episode because i had mm-hmm. seen this one when it aired and again i don't remember the details of when i saw it but I remember being like, ah, oh, there's some like cool stuff there. And I was like, Gal Ducat, because there's yeah. episodes that are coming, and like Gal Ducat is like kind of fairly important character on the on the entire show. But the way that they play it out over time is so well done. And this episode, like Gal Ducat, fails so spectacularly. Like it's oh, yes. and it's so good because it's like it feels like so dramatic and it's like absolutely unlike Star Trek. It feels like mm-hmm. a, it's like its own show. And this is like, I don't know, probably for a lot of people. Mm, I don't know if it gets much better than this. I don't know. I, I, this is where I start, this is where it starts getting vague for me. And I don't know if it will ever top this. But clearly at five out of four stars, I don't know if Star Trek will top this. But I mean, it hasn't happened yet. And uh, more or less, like, 
I uh, I think so. That I I, I hit a rough patch with DS9 last mm-hmm. season. Yes. End of season five, where it's like I think on the whole, I think TNG is for me at least more entertaining. Uh, like it was easier to watch. Uh, where like DS9, and I think Oliver said this. He's like, I think he said something similar where he likes TNG more, but DS9's clearly a better show. Like there's more into it, and it's like I agree with that too. But uh, there's. The highs and the lows in DS9, uh, you really feel, I think. And like TNG had that as well. But like this thing, uh, I didn't realize this was like a big episode because I wasn't looking into these before. Wow. So I was just watching and the two episodes before, I was like, fuck, shit's getting pretty, pretty tense. <laughs> and, then I, and then I watched this and I was like, god damn. I was like, it's getting real tense in here. And it seems like, like you said, like uh, just based on because all I see is the IMDb homepage. It's like, this looks like one of the top rated episodes. So it's like, well, it's got I a good, get that. It's got a good title too. <clears throat> Sacrifice of Angels. Hell mm. yeah, man. Which was the angel. Well, so you have like, yeah, you have the, the, one of like the best things on this show at this point is Ducat and Wayun. Uh, oh, and yeah. like they're, so they're, they're, they're pissing contests. Cause like, it's mm-hmm. like Ducat's cockiness and like, they're all trying to impress the, the founders and like jockey for position in the dominion. Cause they're like, we've already won. And like fucking Ducat walking around with the baseball, <laughs> like all that stuff like that. Oh, so good. I yeah, he, he's just such a uh, great, great character. Oh yeah. Um, yep. and then, yeah, you get like kind of the tying things back together with uh Cisco, who's just going to be like, well, off into the wormhole. <laughs> and like, mm-hmm. we're, we're like, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And then you get this, like, kind of the, it ties back into, like, where DS9's always been about. It's just, like, yep. back to the beginning and this, like, explanation. <laughs> and then it's, like, though, it's, like, it's, like, literally, you know, de- Deus Machina, where it's, yes, like, it where, like, oh, like, the gods intervene. But, but Star Trek, like, we know mm-hmm. that there are entities that... Yep can just make things disappear. Like we saw Q do it all the time. We don't Q. think anything of it. That's how the, yep. like him, I'm going to flip the, make the, uh, enterprise just fly through space impossibly all across and then run into a Borg thing. And it's just like, Oh, and then this is sort of like, Oh, but we'll see what happens. Uh, because this is like overplaying their hand, perhaps these beings who just make this entire fleet of Jim Herder ships just disappear. <laughs> and then it's like, Oh, mm-hmm. and our, and our relay stations, they've, disappeared and it's like huh and everything is gone and Goldicott says no no just wait the reinforcements well they'll be here in a second they'll be here in a second Jared I also like because like I think that I think you could criticize it like as just being like a an easy out I guess for the impending doom of the Dominion coming where it's just like well they kind of washed away but like you said like all the stuff with the Q and there's been like even original series had oh. entities that could just do anything. Yeah. And it's just like, it makes sense. Like it kind of works with this. And I like how they, uh, they, <laughs> it's like kind of funny. They're like the Cisco. They're like, Ooh, mm-hmm. it, it is, it is the Cisco. And they're just, they just kind of like him. They're like, they're like, yeah, we'll do some stuff, whatever. But it's, it's like a price that you'll have to pay <laughs> or something mm-hmm. like that, which, yeah. Then the, uh, yeah. Like I said, the, the episode is just like, for what this show is doing, it's like, okay, good. It's mm-hmm. uh, season five dragged its ass all over the carpet yes. and there's, it's so padded out, but mm-hmm. then you get past that. And now we're into the, the dominion war stuff, which and, is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. Yep. 
Yeah. So yeah, this episode is awesome, and it's like I said, it it has one of the the grisliest endings, I think. So like, yeah, Ducat's so daughter. Far. Well, even just with him, just like and losing mumbling, his, like losing his oh. mind. <laughs> Cause, yeah, because I was watching, I was like, God damn! I was like, this is some dark shit. All right, yeah. cool. Cool. Yeah, you don't see that. That doesn't come up in track too much. Other, uh, and if that happened to somebody, you would never see them again. Yeah, yeah. Which it's like I'm pretty sure they'll bring back a uh, um, Gold Ducat. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, but dual wielding quirk is uh, the uh, that's the top of the top of the top, baby. No, it's top like a, yeah. Top. I mean, it's like uh, like all the elements of like a good war story of uh, sacrifice and people doing uh, the right thing for their own. Uh, mm-hmm. their, their side or whatever. And yeah. A little, little band of uh, resistance on the ship and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Good times. It's good, it's good stuff. Yeah. Very good. And then there's 607, Jared. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, which I put xenophobic or species phobic, <sighs> question mark. And this is, this is kind of a low two out of four for me because there's some good elements to this, but then there's also the overall story of this episode which i was like "Mm." yeah but the the, someone someone talks about them being xenophobic in this and i was like well no i was like they're literally different species like they're not even kind of the same so i was like is that the same thing or is it yeah no xenophobic would be alien like xenomorphs (laughs) it's like other morphs it's just like yeah it's it's relevant oh yeah i guess yeah, I guess that that works. Like, I think it mean, literally means like alien or something like that, isn't it? Well, it's fear of outsiders. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I mean, which an alien would be an outsider yeah. by that. Day. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I just meant because like what threw me off more, I was like, I was like, well, they're different species. It's like, is that even gonna work? That'd be like an like an elephant and an alligator. It's like I don't know if those pieces match up together. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but, there uh, is. So, yeah, so Xeno literally means strange form, or Xeno means strange, or like, yeah. From, okay, from, so from, that, the, from the Greek, yeah, Xenos yeah. is strange. But, re- yeah. yeah, okay. That uh, it's the othering part of it. You're, yeah. yeah. A- othering, alien, yeah. Yeah. As but opposed regardless. to, this is, of course, dealing with aliens, Klingons, yes. and Trill. And, and Trill. And Quarks. And Quarks. So, Jared, you are cordially invited. <laughs> so yeah, Archie, that's also the title oh is it what what a treat so tell me about Worf's wedding uh so my note on this is fine this is fine yeah. um mm-hmm. a come down episode this yeah. is the equivalent of an, an x-men comic where you get, you get to see them after they've like had a big event happen they play baseball or like they go, the epilogue or, yeah or they go shopping and it's, it's all there to like, oh, we don't really want to rush into the next phase yet. Let's just forget there's a whole war going on, that this thing's still happening. But we're like, but, oh, Alexandra's leaving. And we, we we have to get married now. Mm-hmm. So we get a little bit more Alexandra for you. Yeah, and uh, I like him better in, in this offering than yeah. in the last episode. Even though I still I want to make it clear that this is fake Alexander. This is not the real Alexander. We get Dax thirsting for some, like... Hawaiian man. Yeah, like she's like, yeah. Dax. Dax. Like, every, just Dax, you know? Just no. Dax. And like I think that's why like I don't know, I found the first two seasons I I found Dax was fine, but then lately I'm like everything Dax does, I'm like, "Oh, you're so annoying. Stop making out with Worf. Get out of here." So, I will, you know what though? <laughs> this episode had the highest Nielsen rating of the entire season. 
Because you know what? People love weddings. Hey, you know that's why wrestling does it all the time. When they when they aired this episode, it would have been great if you like if you were a small business owner or something, and you could have somehow tied that in. A tie-in. A tie-in. You know, like if I owned a Domino's, I would have had like wedding pizza. Is what I'm saying. Right. But that's just me. But at least they got married here. Yeah, at least they yeah, at least they actually got married. It wasn't a fake out. We have a bachelor party. <laughs> yes. Yeah, which uh, I actually so like that that was the that was part of yeah. the stuff that I did like in this episode. I was like, I like this bachelor party where, uh, you know, they're all geared up. They're like, Woo, let's go. Well, yeah, and they're like, so yeah, what's a Klingon bachelor uh, party like? The, it's like was, we fast for seven days. Uh, Bashir, the predator is like, yeah, mm-hmm. of course, he's into it. Miles is a married man. He's into it. And then they find out, oh, you don't eat and, you, yeah. and it's really hot. <laughs> and then, we fast in a sweat lodge for five days and yeah. then they go, hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what's even grosser about Bashir being the uh, the predator that he is? Now that you know that he has that heightened intellect, it's just like <laughs> he knows exactly what he's doing. Predatory Bashir, gross, gross. gross. But I I did like the uh, I did like Warp's bachelor party. That was that was good. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, it was mostly just the Dax uh, pissing contest with the the Klingon mother, where I was just like, Meh. yeah. Yeah, the yeah, whatever is Martok's, is it his Martok's wife? Yeah, Martok's wife, Sorella. Yeah, it's very yeah. very like contrived stuff. Yeah, because well, Mart yeah, yeah, and I like the the I like wedding's the off. Wedding's <laughs> off. <laughs> I, but I but do then like they get the married. Re- Don't worry. I do folks. like the relation with Martok though, like adopting Worf. I thought that was really good, mm-hmm. but yeah, this one's not great. And then there's six oh eight, Jared. Mm-hmm. Six point oh eight. Settle down, Kira. One out of four stars for me. So this Which, is... Re- and I have a reason for that. Okay. So this is... This episode's not good. It's yeah. But it's not bad. But this is regarded as one of... Is like the worst episode of DS9. I disagree. Right. That's what I mean. Like, I, didn't, yeah, I was totally. just watching this and I was kind of like... Because like, I don't have... Like, because I had this like eight-year gap... Between mm-hmm. like the last time I saw Vedic Burrell, um, yeah. that it did none of this matter to me. I was kind of like, oh, I, I kind of remember that because in the previously on DS9, they, they show you again. And I went, oh, him. And then I'm like, oh, he just showed up again. And everybody knows. And everyone's like, what? And then it's like, oh, he escaped. He escaped from the mirror universe. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. And then, it, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, go on, RJ. Why, why is this a one out of four? No, I, so I. I was listening. I was just trying to find if um, if I can find what one of the worst or like worst episodes are because this is definitely not the worst episode of DS Nine, not at all. I don't like it because I feel like they really water out the mirror universe in this one, where it's like when they were using it before in DS Nine, I was like, that's kind of cool. Like I, I liked it. when they first showed it. I was like, ooh, I like this. Um, but I feel like they're even though there's only one, maybe a season, I was like, I feel like they're getting to that point where it's like, I think you're using it too much now. Yeah. Uh, and then I think they waste mirror, Uni- uh, mirror universe Kira, who is a great character. Uh, and I liked all the way she was in here, but the biggest reason I don't like it is just because of like Vedic Burrell. I was like, this guy sucked. I was like, he was in some <laughs> of the worst episodes yeah. in like the previous seasons. And it's like, and they're like, we're bringing them back. And then it's, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I don't want to see this fucking guy anymore. I was glad that he died. 
and then uh <laughs> and then th- this one like has the the problem i've had consistently through star trek where like in tng with like um fucking uh with like bev and uh and like troy and stuff like where they always just get like won over like swooned by men like instantly just instantly and like it it took like 20 minutes of episode time it's yeah like 20 minutes and like i know in this one too they're like well it was her former lover it's like not really though this is a totally different guy (laughs) it's like and i know that there's like I, I get it, I, I do, but I, I'm, I'm just sick of these Star Trek ladies, Jared, getting like swooned by these men, and then like taken for a ride, and it's like they're stronger than that, man. They're stronger than that, man. But yeah, I, I, I just didn't like it mostly because of this guy, because like yeah. I was happy when he left the show. I was yeah. like, this guy's annoying. I, I don't like him. I think that's why people dislike this episode because they yeah. hate, people hate uh, Vedic Burrell so much. Mm-hmm. And like other oh, yeah. than that, so here's so yeah. Okay. So on like Wikipedia, uh, comic book resources included this episode in a list of Star Trek episodes that 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 are quote so bad they must be seen. No, disagree. No, not not at all. Uh, they note this no. is one of the Star of Star Trek's worst mirror universe episodes. Well, sure, I don't know. Yeah, there's, that's, there's not very many. That's fine. It could be that. Um, yeah, you know, sci-fi ranked this as the worst mirror universe episode. But did praise some of the character interactions. And uh, Screen Rant ranked this episode one of the ten worst episodes of DS9. They note that at this time it had a rating of 5.9 out of 10 based on user rankings on the site IMDb. Well, it hasn't changed much. It's at 5.8 right now. But it has lower interactions than any of the other episodes do. Well, Um, I think also when people are craving that Dominion War action, this is... mm -hmm. uh, does not deliver on that whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they hit that peak and then you get Worf's wedding and then this, and then you're like, but yeah, this is surely not the worst episode of DS nine. There have been a, there have been a lot more like, and that's what I was, I could look after, but like, there's definitely other episodes. It's like, no, no, there's, there's way worse ones. And, uh, not even just like DS nine, like, this is this is better than when Bev Crusher dates the uh, the candle ghost, the the man from Lethbridge himself. That's right. <laughs> yeah, like this is better than that episode. I I think like hands down. But yeah, I just don't like Vedic Burrell. He's gross. Mm. It's like, it's, like it, it's like they're trying to make him very cool, <laughs> and like he's like one upping Worf, and I'm like, this guy's not that cool. Oh he's yeah, not, I don't because he's, he's, he's a thief. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he's because Worf's like, no one could ever steal a blade from a Klingon. He's like, like this? As he cuts the cheese. But it, yeah, and then like that blade is like three feet long. It's like, you can't just like grab that from someone. It's like, I'm with Worf on this one. He's, it's not, just, he's just that damn good. I just I just don't buy it, Jarrett. I don't buy it. But anyways, it's this episode is fine. I don't like it, but it's definitely not the worst. And then do you have anything else to say? That's it. I, I just was like, I'm surprised the... I'm like my look, I'm like, what? People think this is like one of the worst episodes. I was like, it was just whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Uh and then I got one more for you, Jared. Okay. Six oh nine. Uh Bashir uses autistic slave labor. Uh and this is a high two out of four for Oh, me. see I thought it, I I don't know. I think this is actually a pretty cool episode. I like yeah, I love the idea I love the idea yep. of it more than anything. Yep. Uh so this is a yes for me. Statistical probability. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first note is this is gonna suck. 
Um, oh, back on story track because now we're finally back yes. to. Oh, hey, there's a Dominion War still being going on, and there's mm-hmm. like negotiations, and we're like, oh, hey, this is the aftermath of like the taking back the station and the Dominion's mm-hmm. kind of regrouping. Um, Ducat's guys now in charge, and mm-hmm. they're 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 going to be a negotiation, uh, and then this is improving. Mm-hmm. And I like this plucky gang of uh of of whatever you want to call them the enhanced and but because <laughs> uh, to me like if it, it felt like a like this could be its own TV series oh yeah oh yeah um, follow around these we have old guy we have a- anxious guy and then we have uh sex lady nympho are, yeah yeah nymph nymph yeah, mute well you have mute yeah. mute. I don't know if you mm-hmm. mentioned her. Yeah, because you have the, oh yeah, the mute girl. Yeah, that really yeah. loves the the psychopath. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Mute and, girl. And and, and and they're like, and they can you imagine reporting to Bashir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, like it's not a bad idea, and that's what I mean when when I said hi to. It's a, uh, it's got some good ideas, but also I, <laughs> I was watching it. I was like, I was like, is Bashir just? I was like, what, what? What's the what's the end goal of this episode? Where they're like, we're using these guys as the brain trust. We're gonna make statistical uh, like analyses of things. I was like, what's going on here? What are you guys doing? It's funny stuff. Funny stuff. But I I do I do like uh because Bashir this all season six he's just, like the whole time and it's been recurring where he's just like he's like we're fucked. He's like we can't win this. He's like I'm gonna tell everyone I know. <laughs> I'm gonna tell everyone at the bar. I'm gonna tell everyone at the bar, and like he tells Cisco, and like even when uh, the Dominion had uh, DS9, Bashir was just like, "There's no point even trying." He's like, "We can't win." Yeah. So I mean, the, so this episode is so there's like a handful of you know enhanced humans that were like you know botched experiments, and this is kind mm-hmm. of like the the spacey kind of stuff where. Some people are fine, and then others aren't. Or, but eventually, something goes wrong with them, or we perceive it as something's wrong with them, and they act in a particular way, and they get erratic, erratic in their behavior. Mm-hmm. It's it's a dangerous road, and this is sort of like an example of like these people have now because of their high intelligences um, and, mm-hmm. and abilities. Because like yeah, the one guy it's shown like he's like also like a super athlete. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is like Bashir does not have that. And, uh, no. but, but yeah. the, the idea is that like, they're at their wits end dealing with this, this, this group and they're, well, maybe if like we bring them to the DS9, we can see if like a doctor of Starfleet who is also enhanced, mm-hmm. um, could maybe, uh, bring a new perspective or assist with this. Sure. Yeah. Cause all doctors do everything the same. There's no expertise mm-hmm. involved. They just read something and they, but maybe he would, he maybe mm-hmm. would be able to read something and, um, discern everything he needs to know about it to a point mm-hmm. so anyway they brings the group and they're uh oh a crazy little team um ray take team of yeah. uh, misfits yeah of misfits but uh-huh. what happens is they are kind of getting to know one another and then there's like a television broadcast uh in star trek verse uh mm-hmm. with with the new cardassian leader and they can like immediately read and figure out every, all these tales and I like the, that that's that's awesome like that's i thought good. that stuff was really interesting I'm like huh like mm-hmm. you would think that like in a sci science fiction show this would be a thing like you would have intel like they always oh, have yeah. like oh uh you know star starfleet intelligence they're they're just they're acting like just meatheads like they're not mm-hmm. there's no actual intelligence like wouldn't there be like empath like empaths like wouldn't uh, deanna troy be useful in this sort of reg- 
garb, her mm-hmm. feeling her way through this. Like you'd think Betazoids would be like on every ship would have him like in this regard, like they do this, but these guys do it to a ninth degree because they're, they're, they completely pin everything down. They know exactly what's going on very quickly. And they're like, huh, Hey, these guys might be valuable in the war effort. And so they mm-hmm. they have them like, uh, around so they're doing secret recordings of meetings and then they can Mm -hmm. discern exactly what they really intend in this negotiation and it's like oh this is a really fascinating idea like where are you going to go with it and it takes it down this interesting road i think where uh left to their own devices they come up with the fact that on paper starfleet can't win the federation Mm -hmm. has lost the war this is what's going to happen over the over time they present Mm -hmm. their uh findings to Bashir and Bashir's like yeah this is it captain uh yeah like we might so like better we can save we, we can save a lot of lives if we just uh forfeit <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and uh go for peace and join the dominion and they're like what <laughs> that's impossible give up <laughs> not me no. right and then of course um in the episode, uh, they, they point out the fact that the maybe you don't always listen to technocrats because just as what happens is shown, uh, you can't predict everything that can happen in a war. And there's always things that can change that you never expected. Mm-hmm. And go go forth into the world. Onward? Yeah, onward into this war. Bring down millions more lies. For, Why not? <laughs> despite the evidence. Because you never know. So you're saying yeah. there's a chance. So you're saying in, in the words of Lloyd Christmas. Uh huh. That's got. I thought. I thought that too. Um. Yeah. No. I. Like. You're right. It, it is a. It is a cool like idea. I. I really liked the uh, the debrief scene where they're like just taking apart the videos and they're like that's what this guy's doing right now. And it's like let me tell you that that part was really cool. And uh, yeah, they probably do need a Betazoid in all interrogations, but. I think Star Trek writers forgot that that race existed or that that like that species of aliens existed. So they just forgot about them. <sighs> Although they had Voxana in like three, four episodes. Yeah, but, the, but she's like not even like used that way. She's... No, she's not used in that way. She's used totally different. But yeah. is it like uh, are Betazoids too much of a Mary Sue or it's just like it would be too easy to see. But I guess Deanna Troy didn't get it right all the time. I, I do believe uh, at some point, I, I know, I think Beta Zoid comes up, or Beta Z, or whatever, they, whatever it's called. Beta Z, yeah. I do believe it comes into play um, maybe like secondhand in as the war progresses. Oh, like in DS9? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Like, so, so yeah, they, even if it's just brought up. Yeah. Bit. Well, there's like always these comments that like, you know, Vulcan is mm-hmm. like could be in danger and you're like oh yeah like there's all these planets but i yeah. mean it's one of the, the problems with the scope of network television and what they were thinking of at that time like i'm sure that you know raw moore had big ideas and it's like no you gotta bring it down we gotta do a kira episode <laughs> it's like oh, we gotta do something about miles's baby <laughs> let's bring back kira's boyfriend who was dead let's do it Let, let's do an episode where it's like multiple old cardassian men dying <laughs> Like multiple times in one season, let's, multiple. Let's, let's do that. And then there's a serial killer. <laughs> do you think that was how Rick Berman pitched the show? They're like, "How is your Star Trek show going to be different?" He's like, "I'm going to have a lot of old men die. Mm-hmm. It, it'll be constantly. All, it, it'll be in mind of Roddenberry's vision. That's kind of what Roddenberry had in mind, yeah. no? Well, I mean, he lived it. 
He, he wound up becoming an old man who died himself. <laughs> That's why well, he case it, checkmate. That's why I call him the maestro. Checkmate. So like the people who shit on DS9 for not being in Star Trek's original image, are they just making that up, or is that something that Roddenberry act like because he was dead like season one of DS9 or or before DS9, right? Before DS9. Yeah, season like five of TNG or something maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But like so like what's what's the beef people have? Like I know that it's that DS9's darker. It's not hope and optimism and stuff like that, but it's like is that it? Cuz that's not that's not much to stand on. I don't know. They're fans. Hmm. The, the fans are always right nowadays. Allegedly. Give them what they want. We're not going to do that for people who listen to this show though. Fuck no. We're going to keep doing what we want. That's exactly, the way to go. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, uh, your next four episodes are going to be good. The next four? I did see that the uh, the title of the next episode was The Magnificent Ferengi, and I was like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever that is, I'm on board. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It's a fun episode because it's, it's Ferengi. I thought you were no fun Duncan. Yeah. I mean, I've got, I always got some room for Ferengi. I just don't want mm-hmm. too much Ferengi. You like a little fun, just not too much fun. Exactly. I'm on. I'm on board. I'm on board. I'm not, on board. Not less fun. Less fun, Duncan. Yeah. Oh, I like some, but not too much. We're about no Homer's Club. We're about one. <laughs> Homer's. Homer's. <laughs> Is that what you're getting at? Exactly. Well, I'm uh. That's good to hear. I guess, um, what was I going to say? I, I mean, I sh- I, I'm, I'm not going to be able to catch up to you, I don't think, but I am making ground. You did, yeah. You, you, you closed a big gap there. Yeah, I'm making some ground. Making some ground. Not bad, not bad. Now I can crack on ahead. Yeah, well, where are you in uh, King of the Hill? <laughs> well, those are super easy to get through. I've got four episodes left of season five. Ooh, yeah, yeah. King King of the Hill is an easy watch. Yeah, they're like twenty minutes each, and they're a, a pleasure, a pleasure to watch. And DS Nine, if if I know what I'm into, it's like this is this is good. It's but it's also very easy to watch. I should I will DS9's say DS 9s pretty easy to watch. Yeah. But here's the here's the big thing. When we finish DS Nine, <laughs> you gonna take on that Voyager with me or what? No, <laughs> I'm not going to. No, no. No. Right, well, we'll see when we get there. We'll see. I'm no. just putting it out there. We'll 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 reassess in a month or two. I man, we'll reassess. Yeah. Well, I don't know how far. I don't know. I don't think you're gonna get very far into Voyager myself. There's like a lot of shitty characters on that show. Oh, I can already tell that I'm. I absolutely am gonna hate at least three of them. The uh, Doctor from DS9, who I didn't like. Uh. The Trill guy who is maybe it seems like the most hated character in all of Star Trek. The Trill guy. Like the guy, like, you know how the Trill have the, uh, like the leopard print stuff. Yeah. What's his name? Like fleet sick or something like that. The Trill guy. Or is that not Trill? Like, are you thinking, of, are you thinking of Chakotay? No. Cause isn't Dax Trill? Dax is Trill, right? Yeah. Cause she's got the little cheetah print stuff. There's no, I don't think there is a, there's no Trill. Or, or, oh, no, you're thinking of Neelix. 
Yeah, is that guy not Trill? No. Look at Neelix. Look at Neelix. I mean, that, he, that is he's not got a. The, like, that's he's not got a. Like he, the but he's not like he's not like a person just with like freckles. He's like an alien. Yeah, I know, but I thought like because of the pattern, I thought it was look, the same. Okay, thing. Look, look up a picture. He's the cook. You're talking about Neelix. I'm, I'm looking... <laughs> that is that is definitely not. <laughs> yes. A trill. He has an enormous fucking head. I'm, yeah, okay. I see. I thought trill. you were talking about Chakotay's like face tattoo, and I'm like, what? And like, no, you, no, like, no. Hey, speaking of which, one of our uh, our uh, who hates letterbox people recently had a Chakotay as their uh, profile pic. Is that the uh, Samoan guy? Or uh, no. yeah, is he not Samoan? Who is? I this believe guy? he's Native American, but he's oh, okay. but he's Maquis. Oh, all right, okay. I mean, it makes sense for the show. I I know that guy too, but yeah, no, I was talking about this Neelix guy. But that that is like one of the most hated characters in the show, no, or in the series, in the franchise. Mm-hmm. Is this Neelix guy? I think. Yeah. So there's so there's Commander Chakote, and then there's mm-hmm. Admiral Chakoti. And it's spelt differently. And there's a question here on uh, Memory Alpha. Why, why do they have two characters who have names that are so similar? It's a good question. Why, Jerry? They boned up. Excuse me? Chakote. Well, anyways. Uh, well, as I said, we'll discuss this at a later date. I think that's what it is in the show. I, think, yeah. I remember them talking about this. And it's always just like, ugh. This show... Oh, look at that. They're talking about Badlands. Who is? You are? Oh, yeah. So here we go. Chakotay was born in 2329 on a Federation colony near the Cardassian demilitarized zone that his native tribe had Mm. moved to several generations earlier. Here he was raised by his father, Kolopak, who considered him a contrary from the beginning because he had come out of his mother, Upside down, as his father once remarked. What is like feet? Chakotay also had a sister and a cousin who lived in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> just, just for fun. Yeah, yeah, they uh, lived in Ohio. He knew of one ancestor at that time who worked as a school teacher in Arizona. This is apparently when they go back in time at some point. Is this like this, okay? I was going to say, is, is this like this is Voyager part stuff? Of the show. Being of Native American descent, Chakotay's tribe, mainly because of the intrusion of more technological societies, left Earth to find their own home on another planet near the Cardassian border. Well, I mean, I've, I've seen that episode in DS9. From an earlier age, his father tried to impart his values on Chakotay in many ways, such as taking him on hikes to nearby forested worlds of their ancestors. Uh, rubber tree people... <laughs> Okay. Yeah, no, I, I remember the Native American planet because that was an, I think I described that as problem, or that might have been in TNG, but it was problematic to say the least. Oh, there, there's always been like, there, I think that was the original series too. Yeah, they have that where Kirk becomes one. Because he loses his memory. He loses his memory and then he becomes uh, one of the indigenous yeah, and he doesn't want to leave. Because he gets poisoned by that really cool Matongo alien monster. Oh yeah, that thing's cool. Uh yeah, so that's that. Um, so yeah, we we talked about the news. Hey, May twenty twenty one Criterion releases. What's a Criterion? Uh, you are you going to check out Trances, directed by Ahmed El Manouni? 
Oh, for sure. It's one of uh, one of my favorite directors. It's a like music documentary thing. I oh, I mean that actually sounds fine. We don't have it too many of those. Fast Times at Ridgemount High. Spicoli? Directed by Amy Heckerling. Spicoli, Jarrett? It's coming to the collection. Spicoli is? No. And Merrily We Go to Hell. Directed by Dorothy Arzner. It sounds kind of cool, but I feel like it's not as cool as it's, it sounds. It's old timey. Looks yeah. like it looks like a quaint comedy. Care. Flowers of Shanghai, directed by Hao Sao Han. That's definitely yep. how it's pronounced. Yep, hundred percent. And the one I probably am most like, ooh, that's cool, is Nightmare Alley, directed by Edmund Goldling, which is a noir from like the forties. It's got I a really, mean, it's got nice uh, DVD packaging. It's got nice looking arts. And the as, title, as the kids cool. say, Nightmare Alley. Yep titles very cool check it out one day we will one day we will won't be here anymore we no nobody expects me to be keep going for next couple years like the amount of burgers i put down Mm -hmm. it's it's those matzo sticks yeah i do eat more matzo sticks than i should to be honest more. You, you, you want to talk about some movie? What? What's a movie? Um, this one's about a river. Like the Robert Downey Jr. song? After the break, we're taking a passage to India. Where? India. Where? India. Who? Like the ink. Indica? Betty came by on her way. Said she had a word to say about things today. Said she hadn't heard the news Hadn't had the time to choose Way to lose But she believes Gonna see the river man Gonna tell him all I theater has the rare honor of presenting as a coming attraction Jean Renoir's masterpiece The River. For those of you who have been asking for something new and different in entertainment, for all of you who enjoy only the finest in motion pictures, The River is especially for you. Jean Renoir's The River, a story of true greatness told against the brilliant background of India, a story of people who live beside the river into whose peaceful lives comes a young American. A story of young love and its struggle for understanding that brings it from childhood to maturity. Having a baby hurts you terribly. No more than it ought. Come here. Having children for the man you love is a precious, sanctified work. It's the meaning of a woman. 
the story of an Indian girl's right to belong to the world of her choice. It's a puzzle. I don't know where you belong. Sometimes I think I've put you in a frightful position. Perhaps you never should have been born. But I am born. Someday I shall find out where I belong. A story about you, about everyone who has ever been ecstatically, impetuously, irresistibly in love. About Captain John, who found in Valerie the clover fresh sweetness of young love. Who found in Melanie all that is mysterious in woman. Melanie, what do we do? Consent. To what? To everything. And in Harriet, he found the dawn of emotion. Captain John, I love you. The rare beauty of this unusual picture, its deep emotion, its breathtaking spectacle are difficult to express, either in brief scenes or in a few words. It must be seen to be felt and cherished. is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about The River from 1951, directed by Jean Renoir. The tagline for the film, RJ. Uh-huh. Beauty, mystery, delightful humor. What? Huh? <laughs> uh, Wait. Uh, yeah. Yes, RJ. Okay. Is that how you would describe the film? Nope. Particularly uh, the the last one, I I don't think. Yeah, there's not a there's not a lot of humor in this. Doesn't come to mind. Doesn't come to mind. There are some playful actions, but oh. nothing that I would describe as humorous. Okay, if that makes sense. Synopsis here from Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. Director Jean Renoir's entrancing first color feature, shot entirely on location in India, is a visual tour de force. Based on the novel by Rumor Godden, the film eloquently contrasts the growing pains of three young women with the immutability of the Bengal River, around which their daily lives unfold. Enriched by Renoir's subtle understanding and appreciation for India and its people, the river gracefully explores the fragile connections between transitory emotions and everlasting creation. Do you agree? I mean, would you agree that this is uh, a very nicely well put together, like, not even a summary of the plot that we usually get, but like the back of a box selling this? Are you saying that words like transitory are not like accurate to the the things? I'm just kidding. Yeah, this, uh, (laughs) none of that means anything. Yeah. Like, none of that means, because. I, uh, when I watched this yesterday with Andy, because uh, some or she didn't watch this one with me, okay. uh, she watched like five minutes and she's like, "Nah, I'm out of here." <laughs> but she was like, "What's this movie about?" And I was like, "I don't really know. Let me read the description." And I read this and she's like, "What does that mean?" And I was like, "I don't know." And I was like, "It's about a river in India. That's all I can tell you, babe." And I was like, "I, I don't know." It's as it's the river. 
Uh, there's I don't know if it runs through it or what. Yeah, I said I don't I don't know what the end game with the river is. I just know there's a river there. What what's its motivation? Yeah, what is like the river a, a metaphor for? Mm-hmm. Jarrett, it's the fifth character. Oh, kind of like how the the apartment building is a character in Rosemary's Baby. Is that what you mean, Jarrett? Have you ever heard that? Exactly. Exactly. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, that's a that's a weird description. That's not what I would say, but you know, I, I don't work for Criterion, so mm-hmm. what do I know? So we're confronted once again with our friend John Renoir. Mm-hmm. Um, some might even say running a foul of John Renoir. Mm-hmm. It's coming in this week hot. It's kind of like, oh boy, here we go. What's this about? About India, huh? Great. That's what I need. A Frenchman making mm-hmm. a movie about India with this I, evocative title, The River. I got a pretty good screen cap of the uh, six-minute intro from uh, Jean Renoir where it says, uh, as a Frenchman, it is pretty easy for me to understand all of India. And I went, hmm? People get the doors for him, I believe was, uh, uh, he mentions. Yeah, I was like, what? That, I was so like, what does that mean? That, so I watched that today. Um, and, man, it's, it's very telling in some ways. And it's like the ultimate, some like real ultimate old man stuff where it's like, I have an interesting story I'm going to tell you, like Grandpa Simpson style. And he mm-hmm. proceeds to kind of tell an anecdote. And then completely drifts off from that to something else. Pretty, pretty old man effortlessly. Mm-hmm. It's great times and um, of its time. Some of uh, the uh, some of the comments he makes talking about how he's a citizen, or I'm not sure if see, these are where things start blurring because there's also the uh, Martin Scorsese interview where he talks about uh, the movie. I didn't watch that. Did you? I did. I did watch oh. that because um, he talks to, I think Renoir, either Renoir said this about himself or Scorsese uh, referred to him as a citizen of the world of films because there's this thing about how, so after um, Renoir fled Europe with World War II, mm-hmm. um, after the war ended, the French were like, come back, Renoir, come back. <laughs> and he's like, no. And then there, but so he got a lot of shit for that in his home country. They're like, what, what? We're not good enough for you? Jean Gobain, he is like, this fucking guy. What piece of shit. That's a direct quote. That's a, that's a direct quote? Yeah. This piece of shit. This no. fucking guy. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, very much. So, old man's telling his stories <laughs> about <laughs> what a great time it was making this movie, how welcoming India was to him. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, he. It's, got, it's, it's not. Nice it's it's not. It's not mysterious. <laughs> he, he didn't find it mysterious at all. I'm like, huh? Interesting. I didn't say anything about that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, he says a few things in that one. A few things that you're like, hmm, interesting. So Weird. I'd never seen this movie before. Knew very little of it. Um, all I know is that. Going in, Roger Ebert has it on his great movies list. Martin Scorsese considers it one of the, the best movies ever made. Wes Anderson Very was nice. so moved by this movie, he made Darjeeling Limited. 
as a oh is that what the inspiration was yes yeah that's good content yeah darjeeling yeah good content mm-hmm. yeah 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 oh yeah mm-hmm. and uh so i watched this movie on sunday or monday monday night monday afternoon something along those lines my first note rj was oh dear in a, and what is that applicable to? What's the context for that? Well, my next note here is, oh, it's the uh, white colonists hanging out, doing whatever with the with this backdrop of what have you. Let's oh, uh, all the India stuff? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're there in the background. Kind of like slotted in. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, yep. I made notes of like, who are these actors? <laughs> Because I kind of rem- I recognized Esmond Knight, who is the dad. Um, like he's been in some stuff. He he's I don't have him written down offhand, but I know him. I, I've seen that guy. And Valerie, uh, that's played by Adrian Corey. She is the famed rape victim in Clockwork Orange. If you remember, if you remember her. Famed. Yes, I think that's. And- uh, I mean, I have a list, but uh, I, I, I didn't, I didn't remember. No, nope. yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's good. Um, and uh, so this is a movie about a guy called Captain John. He's uh, looking a hard twenty-seven years old, depending on the lighting. That's like how old the actor was in this movie. He's he was only in like four movies ever. Is this the first and last one? <laughs> Not sure on that one. Um, I, guess, I don't know if he was cast necessarily for availability, but he actually himself had a uh, a wooden leg or, or only had one leg. Uh, I think apparently he did. He only had one, like he only had a one leg in real life. Yes. And I think it was maybe lost from war. Yeah. Somewhat like Renoir. So- Dude, wait, did Renoir, he had both legs. He just shot in one leg. Right? Yeah, so John Renoir, the director, yes, I was telling you this earlier. Okay. No, but the actor, the actor here. who played Captain John. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's also only an amputee. He's leg. only an amputee. Playing an amputee. Yeah. But Keep, keeping likely. it real. But I, I don't know whether or not he also lusted for underage girls. That's remains to be seen we can't say that but in terms of the movie yes <laughs> yes that is the plot of this film because it is 1951 but it's set in 1946 i believe but that's kind of i mean the hard, year is irrelevant it's hard to say well i've, I've got some issues i got some problems RJ. okay we'll, okay, we'll, okay, we'll forget okay. we're getting there okay um my description of this movie is ultimate saturday afternoon background watching while cleaning windows and vacuuming, having tea with some baked goods from Safeway, half-watched on oh. your iPad, etc. Okay. Um, and so I kind of left the movie at that point on that day as like, man, oh, man, what a mm-hmm. waste of my time. But then I felt, I felt bad. I felt bad mm-hmm. about this, RJ, because I see people love this movie. And mm-hmm. I was like, hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. I was, see, I, I was, wrong? No, I was, I was, I was, I was principal Skinner. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, maybe I got this wrong. Maybe I wasn't giving myself over to this movie. 
this uh, this thing that's like this like really paper thin melodrama punctuated with this strange ethnography uh-huh that uh-huh. just like you know in 2021 it, it, it doesn't uh it doesn't work maybe as well as it did for audiences in 1951 who were maybe perpetually blown away that there was a world outside of their own doors and they could now see it in the theater in technicolor was that the uh was that the big appeal at the time well so that's one of the things that renoir talks about in his uh in- intro thing talking about how he read uh i think it was like new york times book review or something like that and this book by um godin uh the river was getting all these rave reviews and he's like well it sounds amazing i gotta check this out and then i read it and it was great and i want to make a movie about it mm-hmm. uh, so he got the rights to it and no one wanted to make this thing because they're like hey you need tigers elephants bengal lances um, do you think that's accurate? Do you think that if there's no elephants, it's not India? I, well, I think for in the late forties, probably to make a movie, like if you're wanting money, you gotta have, uh, you gotta have some action. Mm-hmm. I, 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 mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I didn't look up the history of depictions of India, uh, in like Hollywood or British films or whatever. Uh, so I'm mm-hmm. not exactly sure, but I would I would gather that this movie's uh, kind of more uh, naturalistic uh, documentary footage mm-hmm. of uh, use of India in a movie was probably ahead of its time, for its time. It's possible. I'm not, I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of presenting like ah, here's people and how they live. You'll notice that they're not riding elephants all the time. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, uh, the one thing that I would say, too, is I, I did think that it was fairly, like, it seemed pretty, like, not genuine is not the right word, but, it, like, it seemed pretty fair with its representation of, like, India. It was like, this is part of their culture. This yeah. is what they do. This is life and, on the river, mostly, I think, yeah. is what it's showing. Which I think was, like, I think I like that stuff where they were showing, like, how the Indian people, like, lived and, like, certain customs and things. But then the... Then there's the the uh, side story here where I was like, I feel like these are all, almost two different things, but I guess not really because it's like it adds to it. I don't know. Yeah. So do you uh, recall Rum- uh, Rummer Godin, the author of this? She also wrote the novel which uh, Black Narcissist was based on. Oh, I thought she wrote Blade. <laughs> uh oh, she, she she might have like what like the, in the in, like the comics no like the screenplay for the first film i thought she had wrote, okay. written that as well okay that wasn't her that wasn't well, rumor I, well i'm not sure i didn't get that far on her wikipedia page when i was doing my research oh okay okay well maybe i'm I, maybe i'm confused so do you remember that black narcissist I do. I yeah. do. I like that that, that, that that movie came to mind while watching this, actually, because I was like, huh, when have we seen this part of the world depicted in the Criterion Collection up to this point? And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, there's like Nepal. And that's like a lot more of a, a little pulpier, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's, it's maybe a little closer to, say, a Temple of Doom <laughs> version of uh, India. A little bit. Which is, and again, it, in its way, uh, problematic, maybe. Those, uh, so if you're thinking about those uh, stranglers of Bombay death cults and stuff like that, uh, temp, uh, 
Temple of Doom is on that line. Black Narcissist, it's a little bit more of a romantic view, but everything is so amped up in that movie in this like mm-hmm. very movie way. And this is more like, oh, everything's plain. Which it's definitely just every mundane everyday life yeah. for some for some some of it, you know. Just yeah. people hanging out, mm-hmm. doing their own thing. Yeah. Um mostly. One of the other things that people often mention with this movie is the uh the father of Indian cinema, uh Satjayat Rai. He was uh assistant, oh, yeah. assistant yep. director on this movie. Of course. We we haven't of course seen any of uh that trilogy of movies or arise other movies. Not yet, but I mean, we will, it's, it's there coming. I think I've, mm-hmm. I've got, I've got those Blu-rays ready to watch. You have that on Blu-ray? I do. For, for the show or just in general? For the, I mean, for the show at some point, I think, I mean, I might, I could watch them at any point. I could watch them tomorrow, but I'm not going to. Oh, that's not what we're about here. Spine um, by spine. Oh, okay. So wait, how far along down is that? Like four or five years? Six years? I, I don't, I'm not even sure. No, 20 years? Sure. Okay. Doesn't matter. Yeah. So, yeah, one thing I also learned was that uh, Rumor Godden was uh, disappointed with Black Narcissist, which I, I did not know. I don't mm-hmm. even, Or if we, if we talked about it on the, uh, our episode on that movie back when, no idea. Uh, what did they say about us? Though the writer, oh okay, of the, the was, novel Black Narcissist. I was, I was gonna say we didn't write that book. Is <laughs> she, that what somebody she, said? No. <laughs> I I I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. I'm okay. catching up here. You're get yeah. You're you're getting there. You're getting yeah, there. I'm getting there. Um, Continue. Okay. <laughs> Continue. So, uh, so I was trying to place like when this movie actually takes place. Because so the movie's released in 1951. Mm-hmm. Uh, the novel's written in 1946. We know that Captain John fought in a war, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, so which is, I'm assuming this is. It feels like this is 1940, like you know, contemporary-ish. But mm-hmm. there's like a really important <laughs> part of this that comes along though is so like was it 1947? The like India goes has independence, like that's like that like the the Gandhi England? like yeah from like Britain right like mm-hmm. Gandhi would be happening at this point in time not on the river or anything like that but like the 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 push for independence is going on, and of course this movie's like very it feels to me very apolitical even though mm-hmm. I think actually if you start looking at the characters through a particular lens you're like ah <laughs> like. It's low. Key. It's very low key, and yeah, it should be yeah. noted that the author of this uh, rumor, God and she, was uh, born and raised in India, mm-hmm. which is, of course, Martin Scorsese's out when he says, "Well, some people accuse this movie of being a colonialist," and uh, but it's like, but she lived there, so it's fine. And I'm like, is that is that make it okay, Marty? Is that is that how that works? I mean, that's how a lot of people justify or rationale lots of things. Yeah. Is it not? It's yeah. like, it's fine. You it's know? fine. I mean, hey, Rudyard Kipling was also born in India. So I guess that he's he's fine too. Was John Renoir, though? No. Renoir? He's no. 
No. But he was French, and from based on his interactions and the thing, or his his own voice, he says that the French understand India better than most. I think. Well, it was very easy for them to pick it up. He did. He thought so. He, does he not speak for France? No, I mean, remember, he's become a a director of the Universal, a citizen of the world of film. Damn, he's he's this... yeah, he's beyond those types of things. And this is where we start getting into uh, I find uh, uncomfortable territory when thinking about this movie and this weird uh, link that I feel that Westerners have when it comes to. Uh, spiritual mysticism and like Eastern religions when they start talking about Hindus and Buddhists and stuff like that. Martin Scorsese, what movie did he direct RJ? Goodfellas? Kundun. Oh, not Goodfellas? Well, he did that one too, but he also did Kundun. And it makes me start thinking about guys listening to Paul Simon, Mm -hmm. listening to music with their steel drums, Mm -hmm. Peter Gabriel's last temptation of Christ score. Uh, it's it just this is very 80s. So like Mar- Marty is, mm-hmm. of course, he's like yeah, I love the river. He's, he's he's of a generation where like this is like how the world was, and I mean that's the way he's probably gonna think for the rest of his life because he's because he's old. Talking about content, just just cause just because he's old. Yeah, well, I guess, I guess you could. I guess you could say Jean Renoir was the first universal content creator then, if yeah. he was above those other things. Right. And I mean, like, so Wes Anderson, I mean, he's like, oh, yeah. he's he, this weird, like, again, this, the way they people, I mean, I know people have taken trips to India. They, they go on these uh, pilgrimages mm. and they have this, like, idyllic view of India. And so yeah. I'm, I'm often suspicious of that impulse and like what, what India means to them and mm. what, what India actually is. And I th- do think that there are parts of the movie that do tackle that idea. Mm-hmm. And in fact, really do confront that to a, to a point, but it's limited. Yeah. So I wound up watching this movie a second time. Oh, no, you did. I did. Interesting. RGM. Interesting. You, you, well, you've done that a, a handful of times. Yeah. I'd say. Yes. A handful of times. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes because you liked it and you watched commentary. Sometimes because you fell asleep or you were just resting your eyes just resting during my the eyes. film. And you needed to kind of fill in those gaps, right? Mm-hmm. So how was your second viewing? <sighs> well, about the same. <laughs> okay. Um, Good. Okay. Good. So let's lay out this movie. I've been talking sure. for like almost 20 minutes here. Allegedly, yeah. Uh, so this movie opens up with a, a greeting. With rice paste. Oh, is that what that was? I was trying to figure it out. I was like, is that like chalk with water in it or something? I, like... I believe it's like, yeah, it's rice all mashed up into a paste. Oh, and okay. they put it on the floor as a welcome, saying hello. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, the ethnography of the river begins. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, this is life on the river. With a narrator. This mm-hmm. narrator, that is the character Harriet. This... Mm-hmm toothy red-haired girl mm-hmm. i i will say that i think the narration in this movie is pretty bad the uh, narration yeah i'm not a fan not a fan of the narration and 
I think the reason why, so this is where it comes back to my question of like, what year does this take place in? So this teenage girl, like whatever she is, probably like, like 14 or something like that. Yeah. And, and that's in 1946. And so, okay, I imagine that the author or person writing in their diary still um, sounds like a woman that is like reminiscing about her childhood de- mm-hmm. decades down the road. But it's like, what a strange approach to this material because for this movie coming out in 1951, it's actually like depicting, like it's it's like, it's trying to present hindsight yeah, about a period of time that's like in such flux mm-hmm. that it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't hold up. I feel like uh, this person would be actually writing, if it's, if, if it's the year, it should be later or earlier and then it makes a little bit more sense. So are you saying that because it's because was... it's the author, right? It's 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 rumor gotten, but she's mm-hmm. but because of the way they make these subtle changes of like time frame, because like maybe he lost his leg in World War One. The only thing I know that says that 1946 though is Roger Ebert, who's notorious at getting information wrong all the time. Oh, well, he, he was wrong about a lot of things. Well, even like factoids like this, and I looked it up. He just kind of threw that out there. That's the only thing I've seen noting that. Um. But anyway, it's just strange because it presents this idea as hindsight. I'm like, well, this is bad hindsight. Like this author's perception is really wrong based on the information available to them in 1951 because they're trying to write what someone would write years later and they would just skim over all the politics. But maybe that's accurate. But it felt off to me. And so like the narration just seems like it lacks mm-hmm. what someone actually would be saying. Is that... Uh... Considering like all the things that would happen. <laughs> I guess, yeah, like, like the transformation of the country, which is kind of represented, I guess, with the uh, Melanie character, mm-hmm. which we'll get to. So anyway, so the movie opens up this ethnography of the river. Then we get introduced to the family on their mm-hmm. like, I don't know, their massive property slash like if, if kind of if those big wide porches always makes me think of plantations. Those, those, those houses on plantations. I mean, I guess. I mean, yeah. I, there's no yeah. fields of whatever. They all work at the, the jute factory. Or he, Sorry, he's the manager of the jute factory. Do you have any... Jared, what's jute? Uh, it's a plant you make rope out of and stuff. Okay. Yeah, and some other things, I'm sure. Jute. Jute? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was uh, unfamiliar with jute, but uh, it looked fun we meet when they were packing it up. Valerie, the rich girl. She, oh, has, she, she, she has a horse and her daddy, oh. her daddy, her daddy, owns, she doesn't talk like this, but her name is Valerie and she's, uh-huh. and they say that she's like wealthy and her dad, you never see, he owns the, mm-hmm. he owns the jute factory that, uh, the dad, the father manages. That's, yeah. that's their relationship. And she just shows up. In fact, it's like, you could, even if you blinked and missed it, you would assume that they were sisters because this kid has mm-hmm. tons of siblings. So many, so many sisters, the twins, Flopsy and Mimsy and Victoria and blah, blah, blah. Babies everywhere. And there's little Bogey, the only boy. Did you say Topsy? Yeah, Topsy. (laughs) Topsy was one of the characters in this? That's right. Okay, good to know. Good to know. (laughs) She needed the money. Um, (laughs) Then we're introduced. Yes, we have Harriet, their narrator protagonist Mm -hmm. mother father poor mom in this movie she's got nothing she just sits there and looks serious yeah she does she don't got much no um 
my note here is these kids are kind of crappy actors. Uh, I mean, that's childhood acting always has ups and downs, right? We have Nan the Nanny. Uh, it was actually Nan. Yeah. That really kind of fit in well because if it wasn't, yeah. Nan, like, Nan the Nanny. We have sleep, yeah. <laughs> Sleeping Seek. Uh, that guy is probably my favorite character. Well, yeah, he's, he's got a lot to work with. He, yeah. No, I just, I just like that. He sleeps so much. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. He's the gatekeeper. Pretty good. Pretty and, then, good. And, and then it's like, we have Captain John with his one leg comes to live with his uncle, Mr. John. The, the... Do you think they were named after each other? <laughs> they could be. They could mm. be. So we learned Mr. John, uh, he's an he's an Irishman, and he has become mm-hmm. absorbed into the Indian culture. He, in fact, married an Indian woman, and with her, he had a daughter named Melanie, who oh, he has s- sent off to to British school with British kids, mm-hmm. and she comes back, and she doesn't have a British accent. What? Uh... Which I find odd, because that just seems like what would happen. Cause, uh, well, I mean, what happened to Madonna? Because she never went yeah. to e- she never went to she, England. You don't even she, have to go. But she got a, an English accent, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't. I, I read someone else mention this, and I, I mm-hmm. pointed it out, and I went, "Yeah, that's interesting." You go, uh, all right, all yeah. right." Um. And of course, there's a mention that like, well, sh- there's her, and then there's this like young guy who's like, who how I, young? I don't know, her age, like twenties, and uh, he's like kind yeah. of like he, you can tell he's nosing around a little bit. And what do you uh, mean nosing around? Well, you know what I'm saying, RJ. And we we, we get this don't... like we get this offhand comment by uh, Harriet about like that Melanie's without cast, and it's just kind of like, wait a minute. Are you going to are you going to unpack that at all? No, we're not going to talk about the cast system, RJ. That and, so, and dowry and stuff like that. Yeah, we're going. You don't to, want to talk about dowry? Well, I mean, this is there's going to be that assumed thing. You know all about this 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 in this movie. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not going to get too delve too much into that though. That this is about hey. romance with a beautiful backdrop because that's what this movie is. But it's about universality, and then we'll capitalize on some of the the beauty of the place and we'll we'll have some some talk about kali and uh gods mm-hmm. and a dance number and mm-hmm. uh dawaii and uh, that'll be good we'll call it a day jared what do you know about dawaii well i know that dawaii uh got brought up a lot a couple like what, a month or so ago because of covid mm-hmm. and uh people doing celebrations. And I, I noticed that like, there's a real speedy, well, we got to put a lid on that. Mm-hmm. See, I, uh, I, I didn't know what that was. And then a friend of the show, Oliver Granger messaged me his Diwali, uh, um, plates. Cause they were having that uh, good food and he lives in New Zealand. So they weren't under lockdown. So it's totally legal. He wasn't doing bad stuff, but, uh, nice and legal. Yeah. Nice and legal. And he was like, yeah, here's my Diwali. And I was like, what is that? And he's like, you don't know about that. I was like, Oh, Nah, dude. I was like, I live in Alberta. I don't know about anything. Well, if you lived in Edmonton, you probably would know. Yeah, maybe. I don't no. know. Probably not. I mean, I Much live more, a pretty sh- I live a pretty sheltered m- life, Jared. Uh, the larger cities, we have 
there, there actually is like populations that live there that celebrate it. That's not. It's like our a big, city. Uh, what's that? Eighty percent senior citizens, like our city. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, decidedly white old Christians. Yes, and that's what I mean. I. <laughs> I, I live a pretty sheltered life because I, I don't even interact with those people, but I just come home. And But if I were to go out, that's all that would be there, right? So, hey, so you learned something here, RJ, in the movie, No, right? I wouldn't go that far. Okay. Um, yeah, so this so-called message of universal E.T. Mm-hmm. Uh, that this movie that Ren Moore is talking about, I don't know. He's just ignoring the political realities of India, I feel, to a like in an obvious way. But they're just like I'm not sure what the point of the the slideshow of the National Geographic of like, hey, this is how they eat. This is how they live. And it's kinda like, hmm. I'm not, I'm not sure how I'm feeling about this. Mm-hmm. But but I guess for audiences uh who are seeing movies as an escape, they're like, ah, India on on the screen. Wow. Isn't it crazy? They're not eating cheeseburgers. So one of the things that this movie people mention often is how beautiful it is. Stunningly beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. What, how did you feel about watching this movie? I thought it looked, I mean, there's definitely moments, the color and lighting are pretty low key, but also very striking. Cause they're always talking about Renoir's father. Renoir's <laughs> father was this great painter and you can definitely see it in his son's films. And I just, I don't know. There's like, it's like, yeah, there's like this one shot of the tree with the blossoms coming over, but you can actually see how they've like hung them into frame. So it's like <laughs> artificial. And then there's like, Hey, here's some shots of like, plants and trees and blossom isn't that beautiful it's like sure mm. it looks pretty grainy like the quality of the uh print that's on the criterion maybe it's not spectacular or i don't know it's subjective i guess i i feel like uh considering how much attention it gets how people talk about it about this i'm like hmm if you say so that kind of stuff's above my pay grade jerry yeah. but i uh there were some nice things. There were mostly, I was just kind of like, whatever. I really liked when they were washing those cows in the river though. That was a pretty nice scene. That was nice. But not, not as, not as much for the cinematography. I just liked what I was looking at. I was like, that's good. Wash that cow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wash you know that, what I mean, Jer- wash that cow. Wash that cow. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Just don't, just don't think about how this, this religion's being used to keep you down. <laughs> No, don't think about that, Jared. Just wash the cow. Is this just the way it is? Just wash the cow. I mean, wash the, wash the Wash the cow. Just wash the cow. S- Everything's char- bad everywhere. Charm now. those snakes. Exactly. They're all... What a what a shocking idea of religion and power structures working hand in hand. I mean... Just to serve the elites. How how What a novel idea. But again, this is a movie. It's a nice movie. It's a melodrama. <laughs> Just, do, I, nice. do, I, do I expect every movie that depicts any place in the world with, like, shots of rivers and people living on it? Just be like, ah, oh, look how nice it is. It's like, why don't, mm-hmm. we don't, they don't make a lot of movies, like, or they, when they do make movies of this, like, all the time in America, it's like we call them, like, documentaries. And then we mm-hmm. punch them up with some sort of, like, I don't know, 1950s noir thing about, like, <laughs> corruption. <laughs> what we're doing to fight the good fight. It's like, is this what America is? No. And I don't think, and no one would say that is a depiction of what America is. It's a pulpy piece of fun. Um, so I'm not sure why necessarily I should hold a movie about India to the same standard. But when there's, like, these things that are like, oh, 
This is literally about like the these people living on this property, uh, upper class factory worker or factory factory owner that we never actually something we don't really see that part that seems like ah we're not going to talk about the sweatshop (laughs) or we're we're, we're not going to think about that part Mm -hmm. because it's there it's a different era there different era at the time it was like well who Mm -hmm. else is going to do it but it's curious because the reputation of this movie seems to hand wave a lot of that is my my issue i guess so um anyway parts of this feels like info dumps for like that are in the like moby dick the the novel where there's like there's like huge swaths of like hey here's all this uh technical stuff on chipcraft yeah (laughs) and you're just like okay (laughs) i guess that's that's there um, I, I could have used some more jute. Uh, yeah, more of a breakdown on, on the jute. I, I, I would have liked that. I, I would have liked to hear about this cast system. Sounds no, sounds, sounds interesting. Just uh, watch the cow. And then it's family neighbor dance night. All the all the girls are trying to d- dance with the one late guy. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, he he's got to get tired pretty fast dancing on only one leg, right? I would. Fuck, I wouldn't want to dance either. It's would suck but he gets bullied into it and then we get into captain john's pedo vibes uh oh well i see uh it's all it's all a matter of how what age is valerie and the actress was 21 i would say she's playing younger she's portrayed as not old enough is how i would describe it or like or just just old enough the way i was watching the film yeah the entire time I said, she's not old enough. It's, and some people will say, that, well, you know, he doesn't really have much interest in her, really. He's really into uh, Melanie. And I'm like, yeah, he's playing with that young girl's hair that he just met uh, flirtatiously. And like, let's just take a better look at yeah. your face. Yeah, there's some shots of this of this uh, man that I'm well, like, huh. <laughs> I mean, I think there's like... There's something to be said about like a teenage infatuation with like older people because that's definitely a thing, but that's not what the movie is about, right? Like here, here's an example for you, Jared. You know that show Bob's Burgers? Yeah. Uh-huh. So the oldest daughter in that show, she's she's kind of boy crazy. She's always going after boys, and she likes the older boys. But the way it's shown there, it's very wholesome and it's just like very kind of realistic about where she is in that place. Mm -hmm. But in that show, there was never like a 30 year old who was in the war who like showed up at Bob's burgers and was like, Hey Tina, (laughs) let me play with your hair a little bit. Because I feel like if that were to happen, people would go, Ooh, (sighs) what are you doing here guys? What are we doing here? In my mind, it was always a little bit too young. Even like the girl who, the older one who he's actually going around with, I was like, I feel like she's almost too young too. I don't know. Yeah. I felt like both of the girls were too young. <sighs> well, yeah. So you're talking about Melanie? Yeah. Okay. So the Melanie character was created for the movie. She's not in the book at all. Oh. Uh, okay. So she, she got brought into that uh, and obviously uh, – Godin was okay with this. I was like, yeah, great. She liked this movie a lot. Um, the So the character is, I mean, the way I started thinking about it is Melanie is a result of British colonial rule 
as represented by, you know, Mr. John and India is the, the woman, the wife who is never seen because she's dead. Mm -hmm. So she's been taken out of the picture and she's never coming back. She's just dead and gone. And now the British man has raised what resulted of this union and sent her to British school. Um, and you're like, well, this is the only way this would ever be depicted because you're not going to see a story of a, um, you know, a white woman whose husband was Indian and mm. died. You would not, mm-hmm. you're not going to see that in 1951 or even talk about that because people, they get weird about that shit. Well, as, I as mean, when you look, you just look at some of those, uh, those fucking psychos on Tide commercials. <laughs> What are they doing in the Tide commercials, Jarrett? What are they doing in them? Just depicting people in the world in happy relationships. Maybe they're a mixed race. And uh, and then people have problems with that, especially when it's a, uh, you know, a black man and a white woman. Still, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, and so you're like, huh, fascinating. So obviously this is the the safe route to go, is to have the, the white man mm-hmm. with his uh, mixed race daughter see when you said psychos in the tie commercials i thought it was more like people who are like laughing like <laughs> and then like spilling like jello all over their like white gowns well I'm talking that's kind of crazy well, too no, I'm t- I was, the psycho is i meant to be about the uh the people online who make death threats oh okay i, I was boycott, just like boycotting uh laundry detergent companies I see. I was gonna say it's like, yeah, they're they're a little bit like exaggerated. It's like I don't think people are actually psychos, racist, themselves, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. that makes more sense. Yeah. So, the, so the new India of uh-huh. of nineteen fifty one when this movie comes out, which is the Melanie character, mm-hmm. she was born from that that history and desire that like, well, India and this guy. They wanted it to be together. We're just going to assume that, like, they just, that it was meant to be. There was no subjugation. And uh, now he's been here long enough. He started to take on parts of it himself and embraced it as part of himself. And um, that the old, the India before is dead. We can't go back to that. This is the future. India, that is part Britain rule that will carry forward. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, so that's, so it really, it's like, She's the most interesting character in this movie because everyone else, I don't know. It's, they are, I guess, the remnants of the empire who are struggling with whatever they're dealing with. Like, I want the old man to like me. No, I want the old man to like me. <laughs> and then the guy, the, 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 the veteran, he's like, there's no, there's not a country full of one leg people. <laughs> it's like, and man, people are just shitting on him all day long about being one leg. It's like, what the fuck? What's this about? Well, I, hey, you got two legs over there, you weirdo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People do shit on him quite a bit, but he's a, also like he's, his. I shit on him too. Yeah, I mean, he's not got, for being one leg, just kind of for being a. He's kind of a pouty little guy too. Kind of like a, ch- a little chuddy, little chuddy, hmm. little cipher. He's like, oh, all these these girls want to hang out with me. No, he does that. He makes that sound a lot. So yeah, we get to sort of like love square as opposed to a love triangle. Though I don't know, it's not 
super convincing. Uh, yeah. But we get these little these little tales of like little little bogey. He wants to charm a snake, RJ. That that guy reminded me of you so much, little yeah. bogey. Little bogey. Yeah, that's the Jarrett character little, in with, this movie. Uh, was it was it Camu, his uh, Indian friend? I didn't catch boy. his name. Manu, Canu. Manu, maybe. And they're running around, and it's like, oh, hey, there's a there's a black cobra snake in the tree roots. Let's hang out with that. Secretly, well, I mean, because we're gonna charm that. We're gonna charm it one of these days. It was a good idea. He saw someone else do it, so yeah. why wouldn't he be able to do it? Exactly. Right? Well, if that, if this Indian man can do it, this little white boy certainly should be able to. He's like Anakin Skywalker. I mean, yeah, like all all that dude was What's doing it? was playing that flute. What do you think Bogey's M count was? Not too high, apparently. No, he didn't get time to be trained. Yeah, not super high, apparently. Yeah. But so, so yeah. Okay. So Harriet wants to seduce old one laid guy. Mm-hmm. She plays coy. I uh, note here: this is really just not the most engaging material for me. And his typical with Renoir, he doesn't elevate it to being interesting. Uh, that's the Renoir touch. Yeah, that's Renoir the Renoir touch. Yeah, uh, I guess what I don't buy with this sort of film's mission statement is, I don't know. This is like supposed to be a. It's like a taste of India. Uh, well, apparently, like, like that's what he said, right? Where he's just like. He was like, well, I was in India for a year, and uh, I like it quite a bit. So let's talk about that. Let's let's look at that. Well, show you guys what India is like. Right. And then there's this, like, backdrop of these, like, people who, like, I don't know. Like, like the people in the movie, you mean? Yeah. Well, it's like, well, when you're making a movie about India, it's like, what are we going to do about the, the white colonists? Oh... <laughs> and then, then this is all this other stuff's yeah, background and they're like oh no but it's gonna be a metaphor it's called the mm-hmm. river you see and we're gonna talk about the river it's a cycle because you can like that's why there's like so many songs about rivers because it just is it's you can just interpret it however you want i and, see and bring whatever mean. meaning you want to it and then be like see isn't that important and it he, might be you know wes anderson loves this movie but you know what he's also a red beard guy yeah, we all know how Redbeard turned out, right? That's right. Um, and then back to the story. We have story time with Harriet reading uh, where she's talking about uh, Krishna and Lady, Lady Radha. We get a dance-off. Um, mm-hmm. People talk about how much they love that in this movie, the use of dance. Uh, but hey, at least this is a dance scene properly framed where it's like the, we see the full body moving rather than like mm-hmm. weird jarring close-ups and shots where you don't know what actually is going on so that's yeah something. it's it, you do actually it's not as is like uh what's the word you know like dizzying kind right. of thing where yeah it's not like that but uh yeah well i mean renoir himself was talking he's like he's like india is dance he's like and if you've been there you'll know that it's dance and it's like i haven't been there is it dance is that what India is? I don't know. Maybe. Um, I ask y'all like pale, sweaty people in cotton. <laughs> you know we do, buddy. Because this movie's got you covered. You know we do. Um, 
then there's this like near the end of the movie there's these weird things i'll mention um we must always tell father when there's snakes in the garden <laughs> and i'm like huh so wait do you not tell father when there's snakes in the garden no, Jared? is that what you're well, telling me there, there's there's only really one snake i know of in a garden like and then Eden, do you mean well at the very end of the movie apples come up and then there's like a big hard eavesdrop and i'm like whoa 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 what's this about now like what's this, this like religious element tossed in like these little illusions and i'm mm-hmm. like so the snake and the ad, apples and being expelled from paradise is this about this is about british rule and uh, india's india's like brit or is britain being expelled from paradise it's and possible. i guess that's like something that's in there um for the which i'm like okay then what <laughs> i don't know again well, that's that's the colonial side of it right Yes, but but it's like but they're not. That's not what this is about, apparently. But it is mm. clearly mentioning yeah. this stuff. Um, so yeah, and that now of course you know Captain John. He's over. He's over Valerie because she's a she's not very nice. Mm-hmm. Throwing, making him throwing things at him, and making him topple over on his uh, wood leg. But but now he's in, now he's into the. To the, uh, the the Indian girl, but who gives a shit? What was that game they were playing, Jared? It's just they had like a wooden hoop, and it's just like I toss to you, you toss to me, and then we take a step back. Yeah, and I toss to you, and you t- toss to me, and we take a step back. Is that all it was? Until it reaches reaches its natural conclusion of wooden leg man falling over. So yeah, uh, this is a movie about yeah. white white English people sad that things aren't working out. It seems. True. Sure. Um. Yeah. So, in terms of India being the river, being an uncontrollable thing that changes, mm-hmm. empires die and become something else, and the receipt of foolish boy controlling the snake, the snake bites back. Oh shit! Further loss. Dead kid. Maybe Is that a metaphor? We get a nice dead kid shot. Well, it's about like some loss, some things happen, and then you send that kid packing down the river. Mm. Uh, there is we get we had a uh, Mr. John. He says that we should be glad that a child died a child. <laughs> and I wrote uh, that, that is certainly a, an interesting perspective. I'd like yep. to subscribe to your newsletter. Yeah, yeah. I, my uh, my eyes kind of perked up at that as well. Where I was like, you know, this is probably the best thing that could have happened to that kid. He doesn't have to grow up, realize that childhood is the only thing worthwhile, and then when you're an adult everything's bad and you hate yourself and all these things. And then, uh, Melanie, she really like, man, she's going after talking about captain John's one leggedness too. Like they're all just banging on about it. And then it's like a weird thing where she's like, well, you have like, she says, we all have something we hate about ourselves. And she's like, you've got your one leg. And then she never actually says what sure is. She stops herself (laughs) and you go, Oh, is this about being, mixed race like that's my assumption of mm. what she what is not spoken and you go huh what is it so i don't know as far as like what these characters represent i'm not sure i don't think you need to overthink it and then we get <laughs> uh our protagonist little harriet mm-hmm. um 
she she attempts suicide. Yeah. But is immediately like rescued and okayed in a crossfade. Mm-hmm. You could bl- blink and miss this big dramatic moment. It is mm-hmm. like nothing. She just like gets off the boat, she goes into the water, and then it crossfades to her sitting wet in front of a fire and just explaining, Yeah, some fishermen saw me. Pull me out. Yeah, I uh and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what was going on when I was watching that. I was like, what's going on here? I was like, what happened off panel? What did I miss here? I was like, there's there's something going on. Well it's like I don't know. In the, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like in the middle of the page, you're like, oh wait, one of the most important or it feels like an important moment in this character's life happens. And it's just like you could you could have completely missed it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, man, that's strange for a movie to like not le- to not yeah. lean into the drama of anything. It's like, no, we don't want that. Might be too. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it got dropped. Maybe there was more to it. And they're like, no, let's keep it subtle. And it's like, hmm, maybe too subtle. Um, it was for me for sure. But, but you know what's not subtle? The teeth in this movie. Everyone's just always oh, just teethy, smiling. How do you feel about teeth, Jarrett? I don't know. You need them, but I don't like them. It costs you a lot of money. Weird stance. Weird stance. Well, hey, our, they're they're trying to get that universal dental in our country. It'll never happen, but no. man, are they trying. And you know what? Let's top this movie off with, let's bring another child into the fucking world. This, this family's got like, what, seven? And one's dead? Let's get another. Uh, when let's, you already got six or seven, what's one they, they got another. Let's get another yeah. one out there. Pump them out, Got to get another boy one of these times. Well, isn't that what it's all about? And these parents look so old. They, should stop, they shouldn't be doing this anymore. Do you think they play with their kids or do you think they uh, they don't? That's what, that, that's what the snake in the tree's for. <laughs> but they're not supposed to get killed by it. Well, I guess it's like, I don't know what it's like. I don't know. Huh. So, RJ, what did you think of the river? Oh fuck! <laughs> what do you think? I thought of the river. I uh, this is not my kind of movie. Um, I didn't have a great time with it, but mm-hmm. uh, as I said before, always credit where it's due. Um, I actually did think that uh, I think Renoir was trying to show some uh, some of India, which is nice. He was like. Uh, I think he was trying to honestly be like, this is how these people are. It's pretty cool. And whether or not it comes off that way or comes off like that or, or not, I don't know, but uh, I think he tried and that's good. And uh, I did like seeing a lot of the, just the practices there and the talk of Hinduism. And like, even though like the narration's a little wonky, I was like, I kind of, I was like, I, I wish I had more of this. I almost, it would have been like, it would have been even nicer if this was just a documentary on, couple of people who lived in a lived there in like the 1951 or whatever it's like that would have been cool i would love a documentary of 1951 in every country just see what was going on right chair sure it's like what was going on in guatemala in 1950 i'm interested mm-hmm. uh so i like that but uh i definitely i did get some weird it's kind of like what you said earlier too where it's it's more it's after this year, it's definitely more noticeable than ever when you have like movies, especially where it's like, here's a white man and he is in a foreign land. Isn't that crazy? But guess what? 
he's pretty well taken after or well looked after. He can do whatever he kind of feels like, right? It's like a vacation for him, no? Like he's he's not working or anything. Is he? No, he was well, his uncle's rich. Yeah. Or he's rich enough. Rich yeah, enough. They have a conversation about it, isn't it? Uh along it's not about uh, it's not a, not about addition, it's about subtracting. Oh. That's what you do when we edit too, right? That's right. Yeah, it's not about adding things. It's about subtracting things. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that. And then, which is like, whatever. I don't. I mean, history things, like, I don't care about that kind of stuff. But the, the thing that I did, like, the only thing that actually took me, like, actively took me out of it was I did think both of the girls were way too young. And it was just like, I, I, I was like, I feel like this is a weird, like, a weird thing to, like, ground your, your story around. Because it's like you could have made them older or it's kind of like the example I said before. It's like, yeah, I know teenagers like like get infatuated with older people. But I was like, I feel like there's a, a better way to show that as well. So uh, the whole time I'm watching it, I was just like, I was like, what's this guy going to do? Is he going to steal this kid? Like the little girl? Because <laughs> I was like, is that how this movie wow, is going to go? He's, he's going to ask for her hand in marriage. Which, which it would be essentially stealing that kid. <laughs> Oh, I've he, got a dowry. Here's a dowry for you. What is it? He's like, I'll take her, and you don't have to worry about her anymore. And they mm-hmm. go, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I thought that was a little bit strange. Um, I don't know. I think you you actually kind of – I'm not saying a whole lot, but I think you actually hit a lot of the, the big points for – some of it looks nice. Some of it doesn't. Some of it plays. Some of it doesn't. It's not an outright bad movie, but I don't see – you dropping this uh, Scorsese, Wes Anderson stuff on me, it's like, I don't I don't see that at all. Uh, one, like, I mean, not not in terms of influence, but it's yeah. like where they're like, oh, it's amazing. It's like, mm, maybe yeah. for you guys, so, not for me. one thing I want to mention, too, is so uh, uh, the assistant director on this, uh, Sajit Rai, uh, yeah. he never watched this movie until, like, like 1967 at, like, oh. a... That's some like Renoir retrospective with Renoir in attendance. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time Rye watched it. And uh, he was kind of like, yeah, I don't really, I don't really get anything out of this. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, he's just like, he's because he, I mean, but he went on to like, you know, his own film career. And he would say that Renoir was like, like an influence on him because. Oh, yeah. He, so there is that element. So you can from this, he went on to be like, well, I'm going to actually depict India from like an Indian mm-hmm. perspective in a. I don't know. Genuine is a weird word to use, but from yeah. like from the place that which it comes, because mm. uh, I have no idea what like what the Indian film industry was like up to this point. Uh, have you ever seen Kung Fu Hustle? <laughs> I think uh, it's kind of I, like I, I have, but similar similar tones, similar hmm. tones. No, I that's that's interesting too. Like. Uh, and that's what I mean, where it's when I, I think what I said way earlier was like, I like the parts where it's just like showing the Indian people just like living. I was like, that's cool. And then there's the other part. And I was like, I feel like it's almost two different stories. And it's like they're using all that other stuff as like backdrop for the context to build up where they are. And it's like, I get that, too. But it's like I'm almost more interested in the what's going on with these other people. I, I want to know about that dude washing that cow. What's his deal? What's his deal? What's his deal? I want to know about the cow washer. I don't really, I don't care as much about these, like, these rich British people that just kind of live there. I was like, well, whatever. 
definitely. I mean, like not even rich, but they're they're better off than the Indian people for yeah. sure, right? So well, it's like, yeah, this is the thing. Like watching, I I don't want to see John Renoir's India. I I would want to see Rise India. I want to see like you know the Apu trilogy, mm-hmm. um, but we're not there yet. But India like, by way of France. Yeah, well, by, by a man who's declaring himself uh, one of the universal and uh, content creators. No, not not yet. Oh, uh, he wasn't there. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's not there yet. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's but it's always so weird, like the draw of India for Westerners in their in their pursuits of finding themselves, and I'm like always like, huh, suspicious of that. Hmm. Hmm. You know, I don't think and this it doesn't really feel like it changes my mind too much about yeah, and and then the people who like Marty making I mean, he did the same thing with Kundun, uh, yeah. where he's like, I'm gonna do my version of this, yeah, because and like because like uh, Buddhism becomes very trendy for uh, your Californian set, your Richard Gears. Uh, I was gonna say that's that's just because of Richard Gear, buddy. Well, he's Richard Gear for Lisa some reason. Simpson. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's it's like why well, yeah. I think it's a lot about yeah a poo in uh with Paul McCartney in his uh, garden up in the top of the Quickie Mart. Was a poo Buddhist or Hindu? Hindu. Hindu. Yeah. Yeah. When you said Lisa Simpson, I was like, oh yeah, Hindu for a moment, and I was like, yeah, yes. I think Andrew is Buddhist. <laughs> I think. Ah, oh, maybe one day you'll find out. <laughs> Hey, hey, I we got a don't ask, don't tell policy in this household. Beautiful. So you do whatever you want, I'll do whatever I yeah. want. We'll just leave it at that. Just tell her to just tell her to keep out of the garden and away from just, the apples and the snakes. Stay, stay out of the apples. So do you think this was covertly a Christian film because of all that stuff? Um, no, no, it's in there, and yeah. I mean that's the baggage that the white Christians would bring with them to yep. India to get these illusions and why is it in the movie it's like well reconciling these things with the place that they're in that challenges whatever worldview they would have come to with that with what they were raised with but in terms of the movie itself yeah I don't know I, mean, no, I, I do think there's something about like this being expulsed from paradise which is India I guess mm-hmm. in terms of like independence it's like oh we can't come back it's like no you can still live there like it's it's all f- your your power still remains. They're still going to look yeah. at you. They're going to talk to you, and then there's going to be the ones. Then there's the people that are right beside you. You're like, oh, they're not going to talk to them because they're beneath them. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, good times. Good times. I don't know enough about it. Good times. Good times. Did you say good times? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, everything's like I said. I think this movie is fine. It didn't do much for me, but like, whatever. <sighs> whatever. You want to hear from some people who hated this movie? Uh, yeah, I guess. Okay. Uh, I'll be okay with that. What do we got here? Is this Lee Dame? Uh, let me see. Um, yeah, Lee Dame. Or Lead I'm. Something like that. One star. I hate voiceover narrations. Well, they don't like a whole lot, Jared. See, I, I, I actually do like voiceover narrations. I just thought the one in this uh, didn't work great. 
Um, yeah, it's not great. This person doesn't rate a lot of movies, to be honest. Okay. They only have they basically they only have four movies rated, but they have a thousand movies watched. So other one star films include Tenet uh, and The Little Things, the Jared Leto film, and then one and a half stars to Midsummer, and that's all their star ratings. That's it. Cool. That's it, man. Uh, how about I I, one star? Okay. Has exactly the kind of quaint wholesomeness I just find completely sickening. <laughs> Sorry, you can ignore me. I hate Ozu to my heart's closed. They hate Ozu. No. Who hates Ozu? You know what I mean? Uh, favorite films include Golden 80s from 1986, Shark Skin Man and Peach Hip Girl from 1998, Femme Fatale, yes, the Antonio Banderas one, and What's Up, Doc, from 1972. Pretty interesting. They gave five stars to The Exorcist 3. That's a good rating. They gave five stars to Playtime, Jarrett, one of your favorite films. Mm -hmm. Five stars to Spider-Man 3, which I know you're a big fan of. Hmm. Not getting a whole lot out of lot out of this any other one star films oh punch drunk love and okay wait okay wait, wait. one stars to boogie nights one star to punch drunk love one star to to what is that all about one star for all these uh pta movies oh, what was the last one there will be blood okay yeah so you know what this person's working on okay uh one more jp as opposed to okay. ii i hated this the characters were all extremely annoying, the story dull, and by the numbers, and the art direction wasn't as inspired as it had been talked up as being. There was also no real connection to India and no genuine fit between the character, story, director, and the setting. Um, what do they mean? This person only gives five stars or one stars. They have nineteen or yeah, nineteen hundred five star ratings and twelve hundred one star ratings. Okay, that's not helpful. They just gave Goodfellas one star. Okay, there you go. And here's their review: Scorsese's trademark hideous humor and lame macho posturing go so overboard here, I get embarrassed and have to leave the room. That's what they say. But one of their favorite films is The Last Days of Disco from 1998 so take that as it is you know you know that i I will take it as it is weirdos i mean not like weird but like strange strangos you got any final words here for john renoir or the river i mean no I don't find it incredibly offensive, but at the same time, I don't find it incredibly engaging. If that means anything to anyone, I don't. I don't know. What about you? You watched it twice. What's your what's your hot takeaway from this thing? Well, I would have probably blown it off. Is uh, if I just talked about it at the beginning. Like it did. Mm-hmm. Rewatching it and watching special features, it didn't really change my mind too much. But mm. I feel like over the course of an hour, I uh, I got it out of my system, 
and Good. I can feel comfortable being like, it's not, it's not all it's cracked up to be. Mm-hmm. So your, your favorite, yeah, but... your favorite directors might be wrong on the things that they like sometimes, <laughs> or just like things <clears throat> that you don't like. I find that uh, your favorite directors are frequently wrong on things that they like. At least a uh, good thing that they make their own movies, right? Exactly. Yeah. The inspiration yeah. can come from anything. Like us? Like jute rope. Oh, yeah. I'm a big jute boy. Well, I think we're all big fans of jute and bunnies and cow washing now. I've always been a cow washing fan. There you go. Jute is the name of the plant or fiber used to make burlap, hyson, or gunny cloth. What's a gunny cloth? Jute is one of the most affordable natural fibers, and second only to cotton in the amount produced and variety of uses. Um, so just do cotton instead? Is that what they're saying? Uh, well, or sometimes jute does the job. Hmm. After the break, uh, the movie persuaded me. We're moving to India. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I was gonna say something funny about what's gonna happen after the break. The the girls there, RJ, are boy crazy, especially if you've only got one leg. Whoa, I have two legs. What does that mean? <laughs> to double the fun. Holy, holy. Cow. Be there. Or don't. With some uh, Ravi Shankar. Mm-hmm. All I do is rock out Sitar, buddy. Yeah. How, how are your cats like that? They're not super, and they don't love it. But I mean, they they're fine. They don't have a choice. They're cats. But they just leave the room. Yeah. That's... They just leave the room. I wish I could. Wish I could. But leave the room. You can email us at criterioncrease at gmail dot com, huh. and uh, I don't know rock out like a cat in the other room we've got a facebook page yeah. we're on instagram yeah. we're on letterboxd i'm jared duncan he's barnloaf we're on youtube uh yeah what else are we on patreon and soundcloud and stitcher what about tumblr itunes what about OnlyFans? google play what about red tube some other shit i guess pod what about what about um pod life Next week, RJ. Yeah. Spine 277. Gus Van Sant is in the house. Holy shit. My own private Idaho. 
from your close personal friend. 19, Gus. 1991 called. Ban. Sand. And wants its haircut back. Is there a good haircut in this thing? I mean, it's 1991. Oh. You know what this has got? You know what this has got? This has got Keanu Reeves. Is that good? Um, Michael Parker. Grace Zabriskie. Flea. Udo Kier. Who? Matthew Ebert. Who? The Matthew Ebert. Joker's brother. Like <laughs> River. River Phoenix is in this? It sure is. Oh, shit. What is the Joker's brother? Is it like the Joker's daughter? Bet better. Punchline? Is that what they called it? Slapstick. Oh. I would have I would have rather farce, I think, would have been good. <laughs> Big clown boy. Big cl- call call us anytime, DC. We we got ideas for days. Oh yeah. We got, we got the riffs. Farce. Or uh, satire would be a really good one. <laughs> a satirist? The satirist. And he says, He's like a devil? And he'll, he'll always pop out and say, politics. <laughs> Biting. Biting. Skewering. Satire. It's like bookworm. It'd be like a, more of like a bookworm uh, henchman, I feel. That's That could be part of it as well. He's very well read. Roddy McDowell. Good night. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let the snakes bite. Who?